You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field with, with, with Tyler and friends. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the home stretch. I'm your host. I'm all the way over here. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Tyler Harrison. There's nobody else here, but we don't really need anybody else. I'm here along with Speedy PD slash. Oh, that's a nice shirt. Mm-hmm. I didn't that's, notice that. Yeah, it's the first time I wore it. Oh, very nice. Thanks. Uh, so Speedy slash Dapper PD. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Speedy. You're the only one that can tolerate me at this point, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't really care. You take always... pride in that? What? You take pride in that? No, but <laughs> I don't really have much of a choice. I mean, everyone else around here is too sensitive. Or... That's it. There's no option. It's just I'm just being facetious. Everyone around here is just too damn sensitive. But well, you got people on this network. That like to say things along, hello, how are you? When you got people on this network that like to say stupid things like, uh, I'd rather have Minka Fitzpatrick over Jalen Ramsey, how can I not call them a dumbass? Uh, it's, to me, it's, ero- it's just, it's not even idiotic. It's, uh, whew, what's a good word? Um, no, I think idiotic is probably as strong as you can get. I don't know if you can get any stronger than that. Putts like? <laughs> well, if you want to use your term, sure. Uh, that's stupid. It's like saying, I don't want Tom Brady. I'll take uh, Dak Prescott instead. No. Okay. Whatever you say. All right. You know why? Because Andy Dalton is second in the league in passing yards. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yep. I, I, I don't know why Andy Dalton gets such a bad – he's not – he, to me, is a Kirk Cousins that wins big games. Yes, that's why he has zero playoff wins. <laughs> so is Kirk Cousins. Yes, but Kirk Cousins hasn't had five tries. Well, Kirk Cousins also didn't have – I mean, I'm sorry. Andy Dalton doesn't have the team Kirk Cousins had last year. That team was a better t- than any okay. team Andy Dalton's ever had. No, that's not true. The, yes, it is. The second, third, probably the second, his second year in the league through the last year they made the playoffs, that Bengals team was loaded. All right. They had A.J. Green. Okay. A.J. Green, well, Tyler Eifert before he had injury right. issues. They had a good running game. Bernard was a good runner that Who's year. Whose defense was, is better? That's close, too, though, because the, the Bengals' pass rush was very good. They had two or three very Vontaze good corners. Perfect is a guaranteed 50 yards. Perfect Malaluga they had. Right, but perfect Malaluga. Geno Atkins when he was second or third best defensive tackle in football. He's still a good defensive Michael tackle. Johnson was very good at that time. Dunlap was very good at that time. Like, they had a lot of, a lot of talent. Reggie Nelson was one of the best safeties in football. Like, they had uh, – he was. That's a stretch. All right, he was one of the best free safeties in football. That's a stretch. Really? You Brought to so? you by the home stretch. Mm, I, I think he was. But they had a lot of Did talent. Did you not get it? Yes, I got it. You've used that so. one before. Wow. The offensive line was I good. Know I had a was much better than Minnesota's. What happened? 
the offensive line of that Bengals team was much better than Minnesota's. And then you got basically a bang- offensive line doesn't win games. All right. What? The offensive line doesn't win games. Just like defense That's fine, doesn't win games in baseball. It was still better. I'm not saying it will win you a game. I'm just saying it's. I'm just that was a complete joke for all of you. I really think. You could say the Vikings' pass rush was slightly better. All right. That's fine. And then the receivers are better, but that's really really the only thing definitive. Those Bengals teams were very good. Uh Uh-huh. Sure they were. So, hmm. No, it's the fourth inning already. Wow. But in the biggest news of the day, Chicago Stanton is back playing left field for the New York Yankees. We know what that means. He'll get hurt at some point during the season. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, the Yankees win tonight, and I think they clinch the division. Yep. I think it's they win or the Rays lose. I think their magic number is one. Tampa Bay's off today. They can't be off. It's Wednesday. Unless they had no, a No, no, never mind. They're still in L.A. My bad. My bad. Oh, well, Philly, Philly. You know what, though? I feel bad for uh, not the Flyers. I never feel bad for the Flyers. <laughs> I feel bad for the Phillies, though. They they got hot too late. They got hot too late. Well, you can't jump around and rely on streaks. Look at all the teams that got on streaks. None of them are in spots right now well, besides the Nationals. You know, the Brewers, and the Nationals the Brewers, are slipping. The, Brewers, the, mm, the Brewers are a pretty hot team right now. Right, but this is... Like, they've been pretty steady all year. They weren't, like, saved by a streak. They were never, like, super far back when everyone was worrying about them, like the Mets were, like the Diamondbacks were when they got hot, like the Giants. I've got news for you. I'm not really concerned about Washington. I'm more concerned about the Cardinals. I I see. The Nationals were – they're so hot and cold all year that they are very worrisome to get cold, and they have already – They've been they kind of below. Yeah, they've been kind of below average. Six of them are against the Cubs. And again, I'm worried about the Cardinals too for that same reason. But the Nationals, I think, have just been so hot and cold all year, where they could just do it in just more bigger stretches. I guess they end the year against the Marlins, Phillies, and Indians. Neither of them are making the playoffs. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna go there again. I mean, they play the Phillies five times. They could screw them just for fun. Or the Phillies could stay hot. We don't know. I don't know. You know, it's hysterical. My season predictions are almost exactly on the money. The Mets are the only team right now that screwed up the NL East for me. You don't have them in the playoffs. No. No. I had the Braves, Nationals, Phillies. You had the Braves Mets. third, I thought. Did I? Yeah, I thought so. I thought you had the Phillies and Nationals. Oh uh, yeah, in the you might have been you right. Had the Braves third. You might be. You might be right. Oh whatever. You know what? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because you know how many times people say stupid things on this network and no one calls in and says, "Haha, you were wrong." I can count. I would need a Bible to count all those times. <laughs> so anyway, um. It's playoff baseball time, so that's really all that's on right now. Tomorrow we have the NFL Network game of the week. Uh, We won't be here for that, and I apologize in advance. But, hey, the New York Rangers are losing 2-0, so really what 
Is it just me, or has the Titans-Jaguars been a Thursday night football game, I think, each of the last four years at some point? Yes. It definitely wasn't 16. I know that because the Titans lost that game Every and year, kept them out of the playoffs. Last year, obviously, was the Derrick Henry mantra. Yeah. And I, I don't know if there was one in between, but I feel like there was. I, I want to say, like, week eight or something like that. I would even give you that. I would give you that. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to go around the world in sports in three, two, one. Good job. Good job. I wasn't sure if you'd catch it. The St. Louis Cardinals, even though I'm worried about them, they did win today 5-1. to one. Um, Let's just see who was the game of the night, huh? Let's just take a quick look at this Edmund guy real quick. Tommy Edmund, star of the show. 5-1 Cardinals. Hey. Yeah. Congratulations, kid. Uh, maybe you'll be in the segment later. I don't really know. We got a lot to get to, so pardon me. Um, the New York Mets and Pete Alonso making me look real brilliant. He hit uh, New York Mets record 49 tonight. I'm telling you, I've said it. He's going to break Judge's record for rookie. Ten home games home. left. He's got to hit four. He's got to hit four to break three to tie. That's going to still going to be very hard. I don't think so. I mean, if he gets a multi-homer game, like that'll change the odds a ton. But you figure he gets three at bats in ten games. That's thirty at bats. Three at bats in ten games. So he's got thirty at bats hit four home runs. I mean, it's doable. It's just again. And he's been it's pretty still, consistent all year with his home run. He hasn't had a home that's run. That's fair. It just you wonder with the And the Mets are not in a position where they're gonna pitch around him either. Okay, that's also fair. It's still again you're gonna have to trust it to be a pretty consistent stretch home within stretch. those within those ten games though too. Now, the opponents, I think, besides the Braves that they have at the end of the season, aren't horrifically tough pitching staffs. So that could be a bright side for him. But I, it's still going to be Reds, it's still going to be more of a 50-50 chance, I think. He's got four games at home and three games against the Reds. He might be at the record when he comes back to City Field. I mean, if he could feast on the Marlins, that would be nice. That is a... I think they're on the road, though, and that is a big park, so... No, he's, they come home. Oh, they are? Okay, they are home. This All right. I thought, I thought, that, was, I thought that was a road trip. Or is it maybe... They're at... They go to Cincinnati, then they come home and end the year at home against the Marlins and Braves. Okay, I thought they had... I thought they were only at home against the Braves. Okay. And in the game of the week... The Oakland A's in 11 innings beat out the Kansas City Royals one to nothing. That's why they're a playoff team. We'll see. Not the Cleveland Indians. One to nothing as uh, Mark Connor drove in the winning run, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks just continue to I don't know how, but they continue to win baseball games. As uh, Miami has quietly improved over the past couple weeks. John Castro's got 40 home runs. Good for him. Hey. For him, he got screwed. But uh, yeah, so the Diamondbacks beat the Marlins. The Diamondbacks are really holding up the NL wild card. Pretty, pretty good. They won five to four. The Tampa Bay Rays and Los Angeles Dodgers are on 
as um, Tommy Pham is at third base or second base with one out, as that will be an opener. Casey Sadler. Hey. Against none other than Brandon McKay. Premier pitching matchup. Yes. Not only that, Blake Snell's return last night was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Four strikeouts in two innings. Watch out. Watch out. I'm telling you, they're not an easy out going into the oh, playoffs. Oh, no. Far from it. The Texas Rangers are just starting against the Houston Astros as we have Elvis Andrews on third base. Two outs as we have another great pitching matchup here. Garrett Cole, who just struck out Danny Santana, against Colby Allard. Buy your tickets now. The Cincinnati Reds are tied at zero against the Chicago Cubs, as the Cubs have Ben Zobrist on first base, and that will be Tyler Mahal against John Lester. I mean, that's a better pitching matchup. The Chicago White Sox against a team that's about to get very popular on this network, the Minnesota Twins, uh, as Elo Jimenez drove in Juan Moncada, and that's something you're going to hear a lot next year, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those two are fantastic. They, they really are. Is Jimenez don't. still a uh, rookie, technically? Yes. Vlad mm, Jr. might not finish in the top three. Look at that. That's a damn shame. Going to be better than his dad, though. Let's, <laughs> let's I have to see Jimenez versus Alvarez's stats and see. Oh, Alvarez! Alvarez is winning. Because I, because I, I said at the All Star break it was probably Michael Chavis, but then he got hurt, so that that didn't help him. So it's, no. it's I think it's, it's Alvarez it's, or Jimenez. It's, it's just a Alvarez matter of Alvarez by a lot. I think his average a, is like three twenty. Yeah, it's just a matter of Jimenez played the whole season though too. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they end up looking at. So. We have Jay Gordorizzi against Chase Fry. Chase Fry, not Chase. Chase. The Milwaukee Brewers are struggling against the Padres. 2-0 as, hold on. This guy's last name is funny. Seth Mejias Breen. Nice. Went yard. Fun name to say there. As we have Daniel Lamette against Adrian Hauser. Another top pitching matchup for those of you baseball fans out there. Well, he's been a spot star for the Brewers a lot this year. Here we go. Here's a good one. Brian McCann on a fielder's choice has given the Braves a 1-0 lead over the Phillies. Zach Eflin, who I like, against Julio Tehran, who's not going to be a Brave after this season. That's great. Let's go here. Maybe Mad Bum's on the mound. The I think San Francisco Giants are up 4-0 over the Boston Red Sox. Let's see who's on the mound. I think Mad Bum is on the mound. Oh, it's Jeff Samarja. Oh, no, it's Samarja. All right, the Matt Bum pitches tomorrow, then. Against Bobby Pointer. That's, but he op- somebody opened, so let's see. Oh, Julius Shashin opened. Oh, I forgot he was there. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's, he's but uh, it's 4 nothing Giants. Stephen Vogt is still in baseball. He went yard. Stephen Vogt actually played well for them. He has. Here we go. This one's can't miss the Detroit Tigers with Spencer Turnbull are tied at one against the Cleveland Indians with Aaron Savale, who has been good out of the bullpen and now being used to starter at times, too. Here we go. Game of the night. The Mariners and Pirates. 
Oh, yeah. Tommy Malone against none other than Dario Agrazzo. Premier pitching matchup. And this game has a ton of major playoff implications with a premier pitching matchup. Yes. And there's one more. The Baltimore Orioles are up 4-1 to over the Toronto Blue Jays as Bo Bichette, the third and final finalist to me for Rookie of the Year, not Vlad Jr. He probably came up too late, though, Bichette. Not to win, not to finish third. We'll see. I don't know. I think that 3, 12, 11, and 20, or 22, 70, 15, 65. There's really not much of a difference. All right. We'll see. And Bo Bichette is a fantastic defender. Well, yeah, that was something that was very highly touted of him. That's why he was a top ten prospect for quite a while. Oh, Clay Buckholz is still in baseball. Good for <laughs> you. Against Dylan Bundy. That, 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 that's a snooze fest. That's an absolute snooze fest. And last but not least, the New York Yankees and Domingo Herman had an opener today. Very strange. Aaron Boone added again. Probably because Herman is on an innings limit, I would imagine. Oh, CC started. That's great. Oh, okay. And uh, he looked awful again. So that's tied it to. Uh, it's now, it was CC Sabathia against Dylan Peters. And uh, the Yankees tied it to. And the return of. Giancarlo Stanton! He'll be hurt by the seventh inning, and then we'll never hear from him again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And that is around the world of sports. Brought to you by the wonderful Rays Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway, Hop Hog, New York. Again, great food, great atmosphere. You can listen to me talk about sports for the next two hours. And you have great food. There's, I mean, we're closed. There's no food here, but you can come during the day. And um, if Mike Guido's here, bring a pillow. You can lay down on the table. Take a nap. That's what that means. Because him and Evan Mazza are the worst people in the world talking about football. It's absolutely atrocious. Well, at least... At least Five and 11. At least they didn't say uh, Dak Prescott's going to win three Super Bowls. No, but he said last night was even dumb. Ezekiel Elliott's better than Saquon Park. Yeah, but I think that's a little closer of an argument no, that Dak Prescott's really, going to win three Super Bowls. Actually, I don't Bowls. think it is. I mean, Dak winning three Super Bowls is ludicrous too, but that's why he shouldn't be allowed... Hashtag ban the beat. Apparently the NFC just throws that all away. Hashtag ban the beat. Thank you, Jeff and Snugs, for including me in that. But um, FYI, there's no E ah, on that. So what, Snugs? No, no, no. You, you said you, you always type hashtag ban the beef and add a silent E. e. There's no silent E. <laughs> well, well, it's just I, I So the Rangers have scored against the Devils. Panarin scored a goal. Assisted by, actually, this is beautiful, Kako and Truba. You know what that means? All new New York Rangers have gotten a point. Wow. The newcomers. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Point. But still, it's good to see. The, the newcomers point pairing, I guess. It New point pairing, period. The New York Rangers are going to be fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, Henrik Lundqvist still got in them. And uh, I'm expecting a good year for New York hockey. I'll say on the defense. Shut up. I didn't say it was going to be great. I said it was going to be good. Okay. Like, barely in the playoffs. All right. We'll see. The Islanders will barely miss. The Rangers will barely get in. And the Devils will barely get in, too. Ooh. That is a bullshit. Jack Hughes looks fucking 
freaking good. Sorry. That actually slipped. I really didn't mean to do that. But, no. you know what's funny? How I called all of this. No, not the Rangers being good. Even though I called Panarin and Intrub. But, here we go. When, not last year, the year before that, so two years ago, Todd Gurley had made a comment about how they wanted the similar contracts as the NBA players, and it's kind of a joke that he makes $8 million a year and gets hit ten times more than everyone making money, like Steph Curry, LeBron James, all those guys, how Todd Gurley is making less than all of them, and he plays a sport ten times more brutal. Remember when he said that? Um, I don't know if I was employed here or not, but I said, yeah, that's bad news for the NFL. Everyone looked at me and went, well, what do you mean? The NFL is the top grossing thing, blah, 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 blah. For them to get NBA contracts? Mm-mm. I said, this is going to turn into the NBA. Yeah, and it's bad for the NFL. It's awful for the NFL. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Now, here's where everything turns out for Tyler to be right again. So, let's also look at what the NBA is doing now. Nothing. There's not a thing that the NBA does. Do you know why the NBA doesn't do anything? Because Adam Silver is commissioner for one reason and one reason only. The players love him. It's a player league. It should be NBPA, National Basketball Players Association. Because the teams and general managers have no say at all. Now look at the NFL. Players growing resentment towards the endorsement deals. Growing frustrations about, ah, why don't we get guaranteed money? Why don't I make 20, 30 million a year when Steph Curry, love him, best player in the league, doesn't even take a hit half the time. Why am I getting hit every snap to make a third of that? And I'm not winning. And now the NFL's got a problem because now everybody wants out and they all want to go to New England. All of them. Look at Antonio Brown. Oh, by the way, Megan Fitzpatrick went from possibly the worst organization in football outside of the New York Jets to a dynasty that has not had a losing season in almost, I don't know, 17 years. And they've had three head coaches in their entire tenure as a football franchise. You can count them on one hand. Tomlin, Cower, and then, well, I'm drawing a blank on his Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll. And by the way, two out of the three are definitely Hall of Famers. And you can make the argument Tomlin will get in too. So Minka Fitzpatrick went from a dump to, I told you this yesterday, he probably got off the plane and kissed the ground he walked on. The Hines family are great owners. Great owners. No one has anything negative to say about the Steelers. I have Big Ben, but that's about it. 
I have the defense. <laughs> well, I meant as a franchise. Oh, okay. It's like going from, I don't know, the Dallas Cowboys to the Patriots. It's night and day. Jerry Jones, loud mouth, can't stay out of the news. It's all about him. Robert Kraft, selfless, doesn't speak, wins Super Bowls every year. It's really, it really is a difference. I got one better. It's like going from um, the Atlanta Hawks to the San Antonio Spurs. Dysfunction, never competitive, get good, everything blows up. Consistent, coach, Hall of Fame, guaranteed playoffs. How does this all relate, you say? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's just go to the grocery store for just a second, shall we? You ever go stop and shop and go, that's a little expensive. Let's go to ShopRite instead. Then you go to ShopRite and realize, ah, man, I'm getting a bigger bag for half the price over there. Then you go to BJ's and you realize they have a bigger bag. But you got to be a member. This is what the NFL is going to have now. The NFL is going to have players go, I want that contract, but I don't want it here. I want it over there. So I'm going to demand my trade over there. Jalen Ramsey's not leaving Jacksonville because he wants to leave the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey's wanting out of Jacksonville because he wants to win football games. I don't trade him. I don't trade him at all. I say, what do you want for money and leave me alone? I sign you long term and you're staying here. That's not the case anymore. This isn't Deion Sanders going from Atlanta to San Francisco to Dallas. It, that's not going to be how it works. It's not like the Falcons then were a bad team either. No, but San Francisco and Dallas were the dynasty sure, of the night. that's fair. And then Charles Haley going, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to come too. Or, uh, you know what? For example, let's take a look at the New England Patriots. When Vince Fulwark got traded, he cried immensely. Because he loved being a Patriot. Do your job. Gets paid. Loves Tom Terrific. It's absolutely fantastic. Why wouldn't you want to work with that? The Patriots are a dynasty. The Patriots are the NFL. There's nothing they don't do. They scout. They draft. They coach. They game plan. They perform. I know everyone last year, oh, Tom Brady and Belichick hate each other. Oh, my God, it's the end of the era. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady probably were sitting there going, not that they actually listened to any of this stupid nonsense, but they were probably just going, so on Sunday, we're going to throw the ball, what, 28 times? All right. So when I throw over 300 yards and win the Super Bowl this year, do you think people will leave us alone? Bill Belichick probably looked at him and said, no, probably not. And they probably laughed and chuckled and had this uh, corny saying about how number six is better than five or whatever. But I've got news for you. It probably was. And Tom Brady's probably going to say seven's better than six. Do you know why? Because number seven has more animosity than number six does. Number six had more animosity than five. 
Five had more animosity than four. It's just, it, it, that's just how it is. You know what two sports you don't get this in? Baseball and hockey. You'd never see this. Ever. Hockey trades are rare, first of all. Very rare when you see a talent like Jalen Ramsey get traded. They all, most hockey players, Crosby, McDavid, Gretzky, hmm. they all stay in one spot. Well, Gretzky got traded. But that, well, right. But that, that was even a shock at the time, too. Right. But not only that, Wayne Gretzky didn't want to be traded. And when he found out, he was stunned. Stunned. Yeah. And Mark Bessier was shocked, too. Whoa. What? What are you doing? Why'd you do that? And the Oilers have been dysfunctional ever since. <laughs> the curse of the GOAT. But here's the thing. Yep. Baseball? Baseball, you see players get traded for two things. One, money. And two, baseball is a sport about kind of... Once a player's contract is higher than what they're doing, they move on. Yeah, and it's also a deep because it's a deep farm system. You can right. stockpile prospects. Like the fact that Ryan Braun still plays in Milwaukee is an absolute classy act by the Brewers. They don't need him. They don't need him there at all. They could have traded him for freaking a rosin bag. They don't need Ryan Braun there. You know why they kept Ryan Braun? Because they wouldn't have gotten the value for him. <laughs> exactly. They trade Jesus Aguilar instead. You know why they trade Jesus Aguilar? A, he was playing bad. They didn't need him. Right. They had Moustakis playing well and Arcia playing well. and They had Shaw and Triple A. You don't need him. You don't need him at all. And plus, never mind the bullpen. That bullpen's fantastic. But when you look at the NFL and the NBA, they are so player-driven, it's not even close. And again, this is where the Yankees come in because the Yankees come in about everything. You know why players are staying homegrown? You know why Mike Trout signed a $13 million deal? Do you know why Nolan Arenado signed his contract extension? You know why Bryce Harper didn't make the money everyone thought he would or May Machado? The Yankees didn't bite. The Yankees didn't move the market. There's no movement now. Yeah, but that's different from the NFL, though, because the NFL doesn't really have that I'm going to overspend kind of team like the Yankees used to be in the past. Hold that thought. We are going to return to the home stretch in about five seconds. I have to pee. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to rip Speedy a new one. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Manage a baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the home stretch. I'm still your host, Tyler Harrison, and I feel a lot better now. Along still with Speedy Petey. Um, as we were saying, NFL and NBA, there's, there's this blurred line. In the NFL, I've been saying this, the NFL is headed for a lockout. Because there's no way you want more games, more money. And at the same time, have this growing notion of, uh, well, we're not going to play preseason games, which is affecting the team. And now, to be honest, it looks like it's causing more injuries. 
So players are concerned about their career length. Teams are worried about this year and only this year. There's going to be there's going to be a problem. There is. I, I really don't see how there's going to be a way around it. And that's why, for those of you who think that Dallas Cowboys won the Zeke deal, I think you I think you got to screw loose. There's no way the Dallas Cowboys won the Zeke deal. Zeke got everything he wanted. Guaranteed money, long-term extension. Doesn't have to worry about his long-term career. Zeke Elliott now just has to worry about week-to-week how he performs. Well, yeah, and I think, I think Zeke initially wanted more but realized he wasn't going to get it for that much more, but he still ended up getting paid like that high-paid running back, too. So I mean, I do he think got he, the biggest contract a running back's ever seen, so, yeah, he won. Yeah. It's not close. But that's where that'll go. Um, interestingly enough, Steve Young said it too. He said there's a problem growing on, and we're going to read it verbatim here, so just give me a second because I think he hit it right on the money as far as what he's looking to do. Let's just take a quick look-see here. <laughs> I didn't like it again. That's a shame. <laughs> Witch, oh witch, the wicked witch, ding dong, the wicked witch. Here we go. All right. This is the NBA now. The NFL is going to have to come together as a league and say, we're not going to do this because it's, it will be insane. Every guy that's on a bad team is like, get me out of here. And he's right. Because, again, Megan Fitzpatrick, Dolphins, the Steelers, a massive upgrade as a franchise. Jalen Ramsey, Jacksonville to anywhere really is a tremendous franchise. Unless you go to Jacksonville to Washington, then you're pretty much the same. But to be honest with you, I think all the teams that are going to be looking at them are an upgrade immensely. And I've said this yesterday. I think the New York Giants are a perfect fit. And I'm not saying that because I'm a closet Giants fan or anything. But it makes a ton of sense. Did Andre Baker in a first-round pick, I think, get it done. Player, first-rounder, first-round pick this year. You might need more than that. All right. So a third, too. Well, yeah, because that's, yeah, that's similar to what Odell got. And he's probably a similar level at his position. What is that? It's a ringtone. We have a ringtone? Apparently. Somebody messed up this thing, I guess. I don't know. But we have Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Tyler. How are you, buddy? I couldn't be better if you were twins. (laughs) Listen, you're talking about all these guys, like, leaving teams and stuff. You know, I understand it with Minka Fitzpatrick leaving the Dolphins and, and some of these other places. Aren't you completely surprised no one has demanded a trade from the Jets yet? I mean, they are a dumpster fire. Hold on. They have an awful fan base. No one wants to play for that organization. I'm surprised more people aren't demanding a trade out of the Jets. First and foremost, and more importantly, did you insult me when you just said that? It sounded like an insult. I said I couldn't be better if you were twins. If you were like, there were two of you. Oh, so you complimented me instead. Is this how this is going to go, Tyler? No, I'm curious because I really don't. I can't. Sometimes I don't know if you're insulting somebody or complimenting them because you're very, you're very uh, dry when you speak. Let's, let's stick to what we're talking about here. Okay. How has more people not tried to leave the Jets? They're a dumpster fire. They are a dumpster fire. But the Jets are paying people, though, too. Well, that, there's that, and then there's the fact that you're playing at the Mecca, and the Mecca is kind of, you know, you're that Listen. close to New York. You've got benefits. I don't care what anyone says. Listen, it's yeah, not a matter. That, 
Does it's, that have as much a... leverage for football, though? I, I, I don't think yeah, it absolutely. ever has, really. In absolutely. Throughout the Who do you think is going to have more endorsement deals, Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield? Daniel Jones. Baker Mayfield so far, yeah. So far, long-term-wise, it'll be Daniel Jones. Look at the other draft. Who's on more TV deals? No, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, or Big Ben? But Eli ba- Manning. But Baker's also a more popular kind of player, though, too. Where he's yeah, you get can't those. say that. What if, what if Daniel Jones flames out? And you can't call it the Mecca because you had already players like Anthony Barr who, who, who signed there and then the next day said, what am I thinking, and went back to Minneapolis. Sure, absolutely. Mecca, that Mecca implies that people are like flocking there, that people want to play there. There's a bunch of people, like every everyone in the NFL almost, that don't want to play there. The only people that wanted to play there were Le'Veon Bell because the Jets were the only franchise dumb enough to give him that contract. Maybe. I don't think that was a bad contract, though. Maybe. 13 a year. But here's the thing about the New York Jets. And this is, as a player, I think this does weigh on people's minds, too. If I bring them anything, I'm a god here. Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield takes the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, he's a god. Everyone's going to forget if he totals 50% or lower. Everyone's going to forget if he leads the league in interceptions. Baker Mayfield led us to the playoffs for the first time in 30 years. Baker Mayfield's going to be the king of Cleveland. That's, that weighs on guys. Just like when people come to New York. Oh, I, I make, there's a lot of reasons why star guys don't right, come to play for the Yankees. It's that's, the opposite right, effect. That's, that's the bar for the franchise in Cleveland, for sure. So they'll look at Baker favorably. You're right. But that's not the bar for the Jets. The bar for the Jets is winning the Super Bowl because that's expectations in New York. And they've made AFC championship games, you know, and they've made the playoffs under, like, Mark Sanchez. So the playoffs isn't good enough for the Jets, and they're still a dumpster fire. And most of their fans are mouth-breathing idiots. We have a few here. They would be who I was referencing. I had a Jets fan tell me, that the, that the Jets were going to beat the Browns on Monday night. Well, that's and, not... and then called me in a panic <laughs> after the game. I know exactly what you're they, talking about. They, they need an offensive line. They need a pass rusher. They need a quarterback. They don't oh, need wait, anything no, they on don't defense. need a quarterback. They don't need anything on Yeah, defense. they do. They could use an outside pass rusher. They have inside pass rushers that are very talented and young, but outside – for a right now a defense that's still a little more of a 3-4, they don't have it. Well, here's the thing. Leonard Williams has fooled everyone. Leonard Williams should have been traded for years, I've been saying. Why he's still a Jet, I don't know. You're not going to trade him on a low. It's not a low. That's what he is. Yeah, but they're going to look at you only had like two sacks this season. Uh, yeah. Two games, two sacks ain't bad. Yeah. Leonard Williams. Two games. No, 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 no. No, one year. He finished the year with two sacks. Oh, so, like – Leonard. Them Leonard trading Williams him on a low Taco besides... Taco Charlton wearing green. No, he's a lot better than Taco Charlton. <laughs> Taco right? Charlton. But, th- yeah. but no, Jeff's actually on to something. Because Dallas swore he was going to be the next lead pass rusher. I mean, I liked him as a prospect, but Leonard Williams was one of the best ones in terms of all-around game. And they haven't, and he hasn't done while. much. And they haven't done Everyone's much. Everyone's talking about trading him or just letting him go at the and, end of the year when his contract and they, is and up. And he hasn't so done much. As a pass green. rusher, he hasn't done much because... He's the only. He's been the only guy there for quite a while because they. Had, well, along the defensive line, what else are you supposed to be besides the pass rusher? Once the ball well, is as snapped, a three-four, right? But as back, a three, a three-four end, it's a lot harder for you coverage? to get sacks. 
A free... what, you, what were you waiting for Leonard Williams to lead the league in interceptions? <laughs> no, I'm saying that because he's a 3-4 defensive end on a team that, besides his first year in the league where they had Muhammad Wilkerson and they had Sheldon Richardson, they didn't really have anybody Ooh, around him. great in Cleveland, by the way. So you're looking at him getting double teamed a lot, and as a result, he hasn't gotten the statistical numbers when it comes to pass rushing. He's always been a good run stopper. Yeah, he's that's Taco the, Charlton wearing green. That's never gotcha. been an issue. No, but, ta- but Taco Charlton hasn't done it as a run stopper either. He's not even... He's a platoon guy for them, for, for Dallas. That's what he was. He never really got into the mold. Leonard Williams was still on the field the whole time and was playing 90, 95% of defensive snaps. And he was still maybe a, that's a what, good maybe that's run stop. The maybe they should get someone else because to play the that Jets, position right, for 99% of the snaps. The Jets had nobody else next to him, so he was constantly getting double teamed. And as a result, he got Henry like, Anderson he is had, not a bad pass rusher. He had one good year. He's not a great pass rusher. Regardless, the point... And as a result, Williams plays. As a well, yeah, okay, fine, but we don't know that yet. In that stretch of time where he was struggling, 16-17 season kind of, you're not going to trade him on a low like that when he has I'm so just much talent. For Fireman Ed to quit again. Jeez. Huh. <laughs> he might. The Giants need a fireman. He he might, he should. Well. So, Jeff being that you're a Patriots fan, and I see all the Patriot noise going on about Jalen, what are the chances Jalen Ramsey ends up in New England besides Slim and none? Zero chance. Zero percent chance. The Patriots are not giving up a first-round draft. First of all, I don't know if you know this right now, but if you go and look at statistical performances, the Patriots have two cornerbacks on their team right now performing in the 90th percentile which means they have two cornerbacks, the two of the top three cornerbacks in all of the NFL right now. Yes. They don't need another cornerback. Who's the second one, McCourty or uh, Jones? Jonathan Jones. I said Jonathan Jones was going to be good. Yeah, and Jonathan JC Jones. Jackson. Wait, wait until J.C. Jackson plays. And no, well, the other one's obviously Stephon Gilmore. Well, no, that's Stephon why I didn't Gilmore. even mention him. I didn't even mention him. But, you know, here's the other thing. They're, and they're so deep in the secondary because, you know, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but they drafted a guy in the second round that they love who hasn't even seen the field yet. Right. And obi Mellon was Williams. just seeing that. So there's a 0% chance the Patriots are trading for Jalen Ramsey. I think, personally, just myself, that if there's going to be a trade, I think it'll be Kansas City. I don't know if Kansas City's got it though, because Kansas City's kind of at that. I rate. don't know. Yeah, I don't know what their I don't know what their draft capital is like after having traded for Frank Clark or whatever like well, that. Well, Frank Clark was only this year's draft picks. I thought it was. I think a one and a four this year. Right, but they made a lot of trades in the offseason. And here's the other part: they're kind of an older team. They kind of need the youth movement. I think they have. Not I think they have an extra second though. From uh, from the D four trade, though I believe this year they have a second. Right, but not only do they need the youth, they're very thin in the secondary, and if they expect to, you know, and and listen, they're, they're a team that expects to compete with the Patriots. They're they're I think what people would consider right now the second best team in the AFC. I would disagree. Right? But go ahead. Would you be assuming? I don't want listen. I don't want to be presumptive in thinking the Patriots are the best team. So I don't no, know no, 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 no. The New England Patriots won. are the best team in football. But neither neither here nor there. I think the Ravens are the second best team in the AFC. But that's fun. Right. But I mean, with 
with Mahomes at quarterback, I think people would have more confidence in saying that the Chiefs will probably well. be better than, than the Ravens or, you know, but regardless, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they were, you know, a coin flip away essentially from playing for a Super Bowl last year. Sure. And basically what stopped them from, from that was allowing four third and ten plus conversions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, against the Patriots. And Robert Gronkowski. Right? They didn't, they didn't have a cornerback that was worth a damn that, that gave up all of those things. So right. for me, Kansas City would make the most sense. They need help there. And if they're going to slow down the Patriots' offense, that's what, that's what they're going to need. But here's the thing. And this is the reason why, if I'm Kansas City, I wouldn't do that. Obviously, the t- the more talent you have on the second bar of the ball, it's going to help you stop Tom Brady. I don't think there's a single cornerback in the league that's going to slow down Tom Brady as a whole. It might just fluster him to the point where he gets hit a little bit more. I don't think one cornerback's going to do it. I think you're going to need an arsenal of them. Well, but again, that right, but that it's... shifts Kendall Fuller into the two, where he's going to be a little more comfortable. That'll shift. Bashad Breeland into a slot, maybe where he's a little more comfortable uh, and not have to take on these number one receivers all the time. That'll allow right, that kind of thing to happen where they're not having Kendall Fuller or Bashad Breeland guard Antonio Brown. They can have right, Jalen Ramsey at uh, what we think is the best corner in football guard Antonio Brown. But he's not the best corner in football. That's okay. Stephon Gilmore has been, was the best cornerback. Listen, people are saying Jalen Ramsey's the best cornerback in football based off of what he did his rookie year in the Last season and so far into this season, he's not even close. So people need to drop that misnomer and start giving Stephon Gilmore some credit. Stephon no, no, Gilmore no, 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 no. We, we, we get that, but let's just, let's just take a look at the talent for a second. If Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore swap places, do you think that the numbers would drop off? No. I think Stephon Gilmore was a tremendous um, – Cornerback while he was in Buffalo, Absolutely. and the problem—he was I, a good corner on, in Buffalo. He was never at this right, level, right? But 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 here's where I see the problem is, you know. And I had said this to someone else as well. People expect draft picks to come into the league. People's expectations of draft picks are so ridiculous. You know, they come into the league and they want them to be the you know the best player if they were a high draft pick. They want them to be the best. Right, player but Jalen Ramsey was that for his, his entire career. Stephon Gilmore right, kind of took a while. Right, but it doesn't mean that he still isn't young and, and you can still get better and better and better. I think what the Bills gave up on him, he was still tremendous in Buffalo. And I, don't, I, I think his talent no, has kept, he, he's been com- progressively getting better and better every year. Sure. No, absolutely. Stephon Gilmore to me would be too. When I take a look at raw talent, though, Jalen Ramsey's the best cornerback in football. If Jalen Ramsey got Bill Belichick as a coach, you wouldn't throw the ball on his side of the field, period. And I think Bill Belichick, well, it's fair to say, Bill Belichick has had a positive influence on Gilmore's career. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, look at what happened with Malcolm Butler. Everyone thought Malcolm Butler was some sort of I did. elite cornerback, and now he's gone to another team, and what is he? Trash. Yeah, he had a really bad year last year. He was statistically right. the worst cornerback in football last year. He's looked okay so far through two games. Yeah, he's played fine this year. But again, he's still not what he was in the office with the Patriots. Right, but off of a full season, after he got that contract, he was the worst cornerback in football last year. Absolutely. And I get that. So, Leaving uh, the Patriots hurts. Right, but I, the Patriots, see, but here's the other problem, right? And this is, and this is like a thing as well. Once you trade for Jalen Ramsey, you've got to pay him. Yes, and that's and why I, I think the their value is going to be diminished. 
Right, but I don't see the Patriots paying another quarterback because they had already given Stephon Gilmore a pretty healthy chunk of money. I think at the time when they signed him, he was, he they is made the him the highest corner paid the, corner. He still right. is, yeah. He's still so they're not going to trade for another guy to make him the high, like have two of the highest paid corners in football. That's not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I really just wanted to. I just wanted to make the joke because I see it all over Facebook about how. Oh yeah, he's an. Oh yeah, the Patriots yeah, got him. Oh yeah, everyone. Got him. Everyone thinks of the Patriots as the Steinbrenner Yankees. They're just going to get everybody. <laughs> I mean, they're not but, wrong. But, right, but here's the difference, though. Look at look at the players the Patriots do it with. Right, they have basically a reclamation project going on at linebacker and he's been one of the best linebackers in football so far and they're only paying jamie collins 1.8 million dollars this year and i think your best linebacker was the kid that no one really realized i think was going to win defensive rookie of the year last year oh uh yeah bentley jaquan bentley is a stud yeah yeah no he's terrific but i mean listen but jamie collins making 1.8 million at linebacker is it had uh, two interceptions and a touchdown last week. Right. And again, against the Dolphins, so you only get really half credit. You know what I'm saying? But so far through two weeks, and, and you know, because even against Pittsburgh, he was terrific. So, but that's what the Patriots do. They take back some of their old players that, you know, I, did anyone want Jamie Collins? They're paying a $1.8 million after he got a huge contract. I'm surprised it was that did anyone low. Want him? I knew he was going to get less than he should have, but I didn't think it would be that low. Right, but no, no one basically wanted him. So the Patriots have taken him back and made it. You know, that's what the Patriots do. And then, and then it's like hindsight. And then people go, "Oh God, well they got Jamie Collins. Well, no one else wanted him. Right. Listen, right. listen the Patriots this last off season let go of Danny Shelton, who was a former first round draft pick, who was at Cleveland. Cleveland said they didn't want him. Right, the the Patriots had him. He played pretty well. They put him out on the market, and everyone said, "Oh, Danny Shelton, he's too old. He's really no good." Danny Shelton is playing like a guy with his hair on fire. (laughs) He's twenty seven. He's not old. (laughs) No, that look at this. They signed Demarius Thomas, right? Because everyone swore his career was done after the Achilles thing. They got him, played well, cut him. Nobody warned him, so they signed him back when they lost uh, Nikhil Harry, and then they said, "Ah." Give us a six-round pick for him instead. Yeah, that, that's the next conspiracy theory for Jets fans, right? Is Bill Belichick playing chemical warfare? Did he send Demarius Thomas over there with mono? I've never heard that. <laughs> that could be a I mean, thing. He had, mono I mean, game? He had, he had never made a trade with the Jets before. Do you think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden he makes a trade and now all the Jets are hurt and their best player has mono? You know, know what a Jets fan told me at work the other day? That Trevor Simeon and Sam Darnold isn't that big of a difference. Oh, God. I mean, I think you saw the difference. All of Trevor Simeon's passes that he completed while he was in the game were all behind the line of scrimmage. I think he had negative one yards passing. Yeah, he's terrible. I at least would have confidence in Luke Falk coming from Luke Washington Falk State is, as a Luke guy that Falk threw, the, threw the ball around. Luke Falk is definitely a better quarterback than Trevor Simeon. Right. I think but Jeff Vance where, that, would have had a condition, think, though, if he didn't see snaps. But I think that that would be the play. Like, I think if there's a team out there that would be interested in Jalen Ramsey, I think it should be Kansas City. I mean, I agree with that. I also would think a young rebuilding team like the Giants should probably take a look at him. 
just because of the fact the that, that won't work. Why not? That won't work. Why not? Because Jalen Ramsey is a crier and a whiner on a bad team, and he won't put up with it, right? He's been totally fine, and people were willing to tolerate his mouth while the Jaguars were contending and things like that, right? And now that things have gone sour, Jalen Ramsey can't play for a, a terrible team. He will, he will destroy the locker room. Well, here's the thing about the New York Giants I don't think a lot of people are expecting to hear. The Giants, and I said this during the offseason, we're not far away from being done. The offensive line was the problem. Eli Manning, first of all, the fact Eli Manning got benched is a joke and a travesty. Pat Shermer is just trying to save his job. The offensive line is getting better. It's, it's not great, but it's getting better. Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, we'll go with Daniel Jones because we're going to look at long term. Daniel Jones, even if he's half as good as he was in the preseason, that's an average quarterback. That's, you need at least a game manager to win a Super Bowl. That's one. Saquon Barkley, I don't care what anyone says, he's the best offensive weapon in football. There's that. Evan Ingram is a top young tight end in football. You had Odell and Sterling Shepard, which was a solid one-two option. And then you had Landon Collins in defense that you needed to rebuild. The New York Giants blew that all up. But they're still really not that far away. The offensive line, Barkley, Jones. What do you need the first-round pick for? I don't know. Defense? You go get the generational quarterback of the year. Jalen Ramsey is that. I'm sorry. I think it makes a ton of sense. Right, but the problem is, once you get Jalen Ramsey, you have to pay him, right? Right. And the Giants don't and, have any long-term deals set up. Right, but, but but Tyler, you could go and draft a cornerback in the first round and have financial control over him for five years. But and, are they going to be Jalen Ramsey? And then still have and then still have all that money to go and sign a bu- bunch of other free agents. But every team in the league old. could still do that. There's right. not a it's team in the league you're going to look at me and go, well, they're a cornerback away from contending. No, but there's a lot of teams where there's sure a second, there there's a, they're like a secondary pieces or sure it's their there biggest is. weakness. There's a bunch of teams you can say are Jeff, cornerback Jeff away. brought off Kansas City. Not quarterback, I, cornerback. Corn, or not corner, That's what I'm saying, a cornerback. No, there are, there are some teams like that. He, Jeff Who? brought up in the, the Chiefs. Jeff brought off the Chiefs. Kansas City is not Seattle. a corner. Seattle Seattle's Seattle. fine. I would Seattle's say, 2-0, and they've beaten two good teams. I would say it's not their only – Obviously, their only weakness. How about the, the Rams? The, no, the Rams. The Rams have more. No, holes the Rams have more holes than corners, and plus, about, their problem is more Saints? linebacker run how, defense. How, how about the Saints? You don't think that, that if they put in in Jalen Ramsey over Eli Apple, that would make a huge difference for <laughs> yes, the Saints? Yes, it would. But here's the thing: New Orleans huge. Saints could win a Super That's Bowl with Eli Apple. They're not cornerback. I mean, but I understand. Yeah, your point. but the you Saints don't have team? a lot of other weaknesses. Here's the, yeah, well, now it's quarterback, but here's the thing. Right, but they just got to weather the storm for whatever. They're not weathering out. nothing with Teddy Bridgewater. You want to know the one team that should go get Jalen Ramsey? The San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the team that should go get him. Yep. If it's not going to be the Giants, John Lynch, no secondary. John but Lynch. They're not a cornerback away, though. No, but their corner and receiver are really their only big weakness right now. The offensive line is great. Jimmy G is a young stud. They have a good running back combination in Coleman and Breida and, and uh, Morrister. Right. Then you got the best tight end in football in George Kittle that they're not even using. They have weapons all over the place, a wide receiver that no one even thinks is a threat. So they're kind of always open. 
the defensive front seven's elite. You get why, one why corner like Jalen Ramsey. Kittle is the best tight end in football. That's so not even the case. He could he could be by the end of the year. He could be very soon. George Kittle. I think it's Ertz, but he thinks it's Kittle. George Kittle. Listen, listen Kittle is a nice player, but if you're going to skip Ertz and Kelsey for Kittle, you're bananas. I would. All right, I'll give Ertz to me is acceptable to say. He, I think he's better than Kelsey. I, I think mean, if Kittle, I think if if Kittle was a Kansas City, I think he could do what Travis Kelsey does. I, I mean, he's he's got basically comparable pieces there, right? I mean, Garoppolo is supposed to be every. Whoa, bit whoa, as good whoa, whoa! As, but hold on, hold on. George Kittle last year didn't play with Jimmy G. He played with Nick Mullins and uh, CJ yeah, Beathard. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Are Travis any Kelsey. of them comparable to Pat Mahomes? I mean, Travis Kelsey has been widely looked at as the second-best tight end in football behind Gronkowski for the last five years, sure. right? And then all of a sudden people are going to go, oh, Kelsey's no good because Gronk isn't playing anymore. Not not Kelsey's still a top-two top tight end. Ertz is the other one, and then you can have your George Kittle. And I'll say That's this, if, when Gronk retires, he'll still be one. Oh, I don't know about that. Rob Gronkowski is the best blocking tight end in football. Here's and the question. Do the Patriots go undefeated? If Gronkowski comes back, yes. No, I don't see it. If Gronk comes back, yes. I think they lose to the Ravens at home. No. Or in Baltimore, I mean. No. No. The, pa- the Ravens no. have always given him fits, and the Patriots right. are bad against running quarterbacks. Yes, so, but this defense is funny. a defense of Tom Brady. Here's what's funny about that whole thing. The Ravens have always given him fits. Do you realize there isn't a single player from the Ravens, from the Ravens teams that gave Tom Brady fits? Tom Brady fits. It's Not entirely it's a, a new, different roster. It's a new team, but it's a, it's a similar identity. I mean, it's a it's an entirely different roster. I mean, Ray Lewis and Patrick, uh, Patrick Amishawaga is not the same. No, that's fair. I'm the just saying Ed Reed and Earl Thomas are not the same. Oh, I agree. But my point is, and I've said this for a while, you don't need talent to beat the Patriots. You need a proper identity. Sure. But, again, the Lamar Jackson is not whoever the hell the quarterback was for the Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco. I understand that. I'm just saying that you need the right identity. And the Ravens, their defense, the way they play with their physical secondary, their – there's zone blitz, man blitz combinations that they have. They've always done a good job against the Patriots with different cores of players. It just, again, you're right. It's new players. That's fine. It, again, you just need the identity. And against other teams, not just the Ravens, against other teams, the Patriots have always had trouble with running quarterbacks. I mean, to some extent that that could be true, but if the Ravens have always given them fits, how have they given them fits before without a running quarterback? Joe Flacco is the furthest thing from a sure. running quarterback. No, 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 I understand that. I'm just saying I'm looking at other teams. Deshaun and Watson has always piece. played well against the Patriots. Cam Newton has always played well against the Patriots. Like, here's the Russell other piece Wilson that you're not well. taking into account. Here's the other piece that you're not taking into account, Speedy, right? Because you're just going, oh, they always give the Name a Patriots team that ever had a better defense than this Patriots defense. Just said that five minutes ago. All right. We'll see. I'm just, again, I, I feel like that late in the season, it's all going to be talked about, and then they're going to have just one of those kinds of losses. And I really well, think – it was talked team, about the year they did it too, and they still did No, it. of course. But I'm just saying that even, again, there's always going to be that kind of buildup when the Patriots did it. 2015 it happened, and then they lost to Denver, another team that was – 
less talented than them, but still had the identity to beat the Patriots. Like it happens that way, just with certain teams, the way they you, build you, their you teams. You bring these things. You bring these things up about identity, but you know why the Patriots lost that year was because it was Gronkowski and Gerard Mayo and like four other players for the Patriots were hurt. That's what happened. The Patriots were absolutely stung by the injury bug, and they had no one there. You conveniently leave those things out, like like straight up the Broncos starters versus the Patriots starters, and it was an even game. No, dude, the Patriots were playing mostly backups. That's fine. I'm just saying that they still had the depth. They still had a, a good amount of talent where they, they still should... had the depth. I just told you almost all their starters were out. Where's the depth? Okay, but the Broncos had Brock Osweiler and C.J. Anderson. You really think you're going to get to be afraid of that? Who, who, who didn't play, right, because Peyton Manning was in that game. No, I thought it was Brock Osweiler was playing. It Pey- was not, because if you, can, if you go back and remember, Peyton Manning came back for the playoff run. Brock Osweiler played the regular season, and it was controversial. That's what I'm talking about. Re- I'm talking about the regular season one, when they were 9-0 and or whatever they were, and then they had their first loss of the season, the Broncos. I mean... But they lost in the playoffs. That was the thing. No, I know that. They lost in the playoffs that same season, too. I'm talking about the regular season matchup, though. Let's get, let's get to the good stuff, all right? So, Jeff, when they do go undefeated, and Tom Brady is the first quarterback in NFL history to have two undefeated seasons, and I called it, do I get any praise at all? You get half credit. I mean, How do I get half thing? credit? I, I called it before else, the season started. I'm uh, sorry, after they went 1-0. They went 1-0. Right, but everyone was saying that. And truthfully, I don't even believe they're going to go undefeated. They're going to lose along the way. So what, where do you see their loss, then? I'm just curious. Cause if you, if the it's Eagles not the Ravens, is a possibility. The okay, all right, that's fair. Um, I would agree with you if it wasn't off the bye. Bill Belichick, I think, is undefeated off his bye. He is, but the problem is there's going to be a shakeup that week because you're going to have um, Isaiah Wynn coming back off of an injury that week. Matter. And you're going to have Nikhil Harry coming back off of an injury that week. Nikhil Harry will be back at some point this year? Oh, yeah, they put him on IR. He's eligible to come back uh, week eight. But I think that they're going to have him come back, but hold That's him out until be after scary. the bye. That is scary. You add Nikhil Harry to that offense. Right, you can bring two players a year back off the IR. The two players the Patriots are going to bring back, barring another injury, will be Nikhil Harry and Isaiah Wynn. That's scary. That is scary. Windows got put on the IR today, didn't he? Or yesterday? Uh, yeah, like Monday or whatever, yeah. It was resting. So, Jeff, buddy old pal, did you but make your week three to- picks yet? But he's got, he's got turf toe, though, right? Like, so that's I wouldn't even like- put him on the IR. Right, but they're, what they're doing is they're putting him on the IR to get him fully healthy for a later, se- later in the season run because, truthfully – and I hate doing this because this just means we're going to lose one of these scrub freaking games. But if you go and look at the Patriots' schedule up until the bye week, it's like the Jets twice, you know, and the Dolphins, and, you know, like... The Cowboys. super... Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, that's sure, okay. They're at home, though. No, they're going to dominate the Cowboys. Who who do they play before week 10? The, The schedule is not... The hardest. Um, I think it's the Redskins uh, in Washington. Is no, I think that's the Giant game. I think they play the Giants first. Uh, You know, no offense, but I don't think the Patriots are terribly worried about the Giants. No, no, I'm not saying no. No, I mean like it doesn't matter. But 
Yeah, no, the, Reds, the, the Redskins six. are first. The Redskins are week five. The Giants Ravens are week six. The Ravens, that's the one I was saying. Uh, and then the Eagles the next week. So that could, that is definitely – that's probably the tough stretch that they have right there. Ravens, right. So, Eagles. So, so what is their schedule? Hold on. What is their schedule? Though? We're in week two. What's week three? So week three week is Jets. Three, week three is Jets. Week at four Buffalo. is at Buffalo. At Washington. And then Giants. Yeah, at Washington Jets. I'm not terribly scared of. No. Right? Right. The Buffalo game could be a trap. Yeah, but they always it, it could be. almost yeah. win, but they never do, <laughs> except for the one right, Ryan right. Fitzpatrick no, Buffalo, here. Buffalo always plays them tough, but again, that's a game they should win. At Washington. Not terribly worried. Giants at Giant, home. Giants at home, they'll blow yeah. them out. No offense, not terribly worried. At Jets, Monday night yeah. football. So a bye week, you got it. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, which could be interesting because Odell loves facing Bill Belichick. Be, see, now that could be an interesting game, right? That could be a very interesting game. But that's game at home, sure. too, though. At Baltimore. And what week is that? What week is Baltimore? Nine. Week, week nine. So, and then they, and then they have and their then bye, it's a bye right? And then, yeah. it's, and then it's at the Eagles. So they have, they have two very tough games in Baltimore and probably Cleveland. And then they have a bye week. No, they're home against Cleveland. Right. So, like, I mean, if you just mentioned that part of their schedule, I mean, it's the Jets twice, it's Buffalo. I mean, the Redskins aren't super scary. They could be, but they, they haven't been so far. So, you know, I think it was a good move for them to put Isaiah Wynn on IR and let him get fully healthy for the second part of the season and then into the playoffs. Maybe no, I think it's a brilliant move. I just, I really am shocked. I thought Nikhil Harris was lost for the year. They said, "No, no, they can bring him back." Oh, well, that's good. The so, guy, the guy, I think is going. And even if they don't bring him back, there's a different receiver that they have that they could bring back. They get to bring two players back from IR. So you and think it's not they like bring the other back? Receiver, and it's not like the other receiver they have is a slouch either that they could bring back. Slater? No, Slater. Cameron Meredith. Um, I don't know about that. I saw him play in New Orleans, my friend. I think it better wouldn't kill Harry. Funny. You don't think, first of all, yeah, I mean, sure, I'd like to have Nikhil Harry too. But if you don't think Cameron Mer- Meredith as like a backup to Edelman, kind of like playing the Amendola role as like a second slot guy could be stupid scary. You're crazy. No, I understand that, but I'd rather have the young kid do it as opposed to a guy that probably won't be a Patriot after the season. No, I understand that, but... By the way, I think the X Factor in New England's a guy that no one gives any credit to. Tom Brady's like 25 and 25 with four touchdowns to Philip Dorsett. Yeah, Philip Dorsett's killing it. I mean, I don't know what happened to him, but that's why Indianapolis is Indianapolis. They let that kid go for nothing. I mean, he were people saying that through two seasons, though? Because when they traded yeah. for him two seasons ago, he didn't do much, and he was kind of absentee last year as well. I don't think people were saying that the last two seasons. Well, all I, well no, but if you look at Tom Brady's stats to him, you'd go, mm, mm, maybe. Maybe we were wrong. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's like 20 for 25 for, you know, a no. bunch of 100 yards. And, yeah, he, he hasn't not caught a single pass. If Tom Brady throws it to him, he's caught it. Yeah. No, he's been he's been good, but you know, again, I think that's more of a product of 
you know, people worry about Josh Gordon and people worry about Edelman. And, sure. You know, there's just always going to be a, a forgotten guy. Sure, just like Chris Hogan when Chris Hogan was there. I get it. Right. I, I completely understand. Speaking of picks, Jeff, have you made your week three picks yet? I have not. Would you like to start right now? Not sure, quick. let's do this. Are, are you positive? What did I do last week, Speedy? You were 9-7 and seven last week. That's right. That's a beastly 9-7 and seven after picking a bunch of crappy upsets. Well, it's all right. Matt I did call Detroit, though, Speedy, you didn't did, I? You did call Detroit. I, I wanted to pick Detroit so bad. I really did. You did I, call Detroit, and, honestly, and I enjoyed every minute of it because I, I always like to make fun of the Chargers. But you hate Detroit. I do. And honestly, I, I had picked, I had picked Arizona over Baltimore, too, and they almost pulled that one off as well. Yeah, they did better offensively Almost. than I would have thought. 349 yards Almost for Kyler Murray. Uh, no, I, listen, I understand almost doesn't count, but they really almost did it. The Jets almost went to two Super Bowls. It doesn't count. <laughs> they didn't have a shot. They're the Jets. <laughs> Speaking of the Jets, uh, are we going to have fun picking this game? Uh, <laughs> let's take a look see here. Uh, oh, oh, never mind. It's against New England. Never mind. <laughs> All right, anyway, Speedy, whenever you'd be so kind as to cue up the football music so me and Jeff and you can make our picks. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start with Thursday night's delight. Tomorrow night, uh, the Tennessee Titans go into Jacksonville. Uh, the 1-1 one one Titans take on the 0-2 Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey will be playing. Jeff, who you got? I'm picking the upset here. I'm taking the Jaguars. boy. boy. I'm I'm taking the Jaguars. I don't believe in Tennessee. I think Jacksonville's defense can still be pretty stout. I know there's, like, trouble going on there. I think Gardner Minshew will figure it out, and I don't trust Marcus Mariota. Give me the Jaguars. I would have taken the Jaguars if it wasn't primetime, but I just want to see what Gardner Minshew is in primetime. It could be tough on a kid right away, a sixth-round pick like that. Obviously, it's an unknown, but I'm going to take the Titans in a close one just because of that. It's going to be low scoring either way. Both these defenses are great. Both these offenses are meh. But I'll take the Titans because I think the Jaguars will stall out and have to settle for field goals a lot. 17-16 Tennessee. So on the tiebreaker, and I'm going to agree with Jeff, I think the Jaguars don't go on 3 I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with my bet. When you look at this defense, this defense is playing at such a high level. And, again, I've said this all year, the Titans have lost so many games they should win. They should have won that game last week by 20. They lost. Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew, I don't think is that much of a difference. And Jacksonville's at home. And the defense is going to rally around Jalen Ramsey. I, I think there's going to be a shutout. I'll say 13-0 Jaguars. So that means we're going to Sunday night football. Well, it's not Sunday night, but Sunday football. We're going to start, Jeff, with a team that you've got some interest in. Are the Buffalo Bills going to go 0-3? I'm sorry, 3-0 against the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals? They are. Wow. Yeah, I don't yeah, they are, man. Buffalo is is a tough team actually. They're a pretty, pretty good team. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo over a team that struggled to find offense in Cincinnati. You know, Joe Mixon is having a rough go of it. He's had some injuries, so I'm gonna take Buffalo and Steve the Pirate huh. over the Bengals. Steve. I'm actually gonna take the upset here. I'll take the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals have played that bad so far. They hung around in Seattle. They they did struggle against the Niners in that second half, but their defense was just getting constantly worn out. Buffalo's offensive line, I'm still not overly impressed with them, and the Bengals do have a good pass rush. I think Mixon will come back and play a little better in this game. He's and that'll, 
No, I know that, but I think he will play, and I do think he'll play better than he did last week where he only got like six yards on whatever carries he was limited on. And Buffalo's run defense is not as good as the Niners. So I'm going to take the Bengals in a close one here. I think their defense plays well like they did against the Seahawks. 20-17 to 17 Cincinnati in the upset. Time for me to shock some people. So I was very hard on Josh Allen coming out of the draft, but I love what Josh Allen said after going 2-0 at MetLife. We're the only team in New York. He's right. They're the only team in New York. They are actually New York's football team. And I'm sorry, the defense, that defense has been a quiet, quiet elite defense now for, I'd say, about two or three years. I I think Buffalo wins the football game. And I think this game is going to be a little bit of an offensive burst for them. I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Gore rushes for 100 yards. I really wouldn't be. I'm going to take Buffalo. Well, Frank Gore is still going to get touches. I would say Buffalo 21, Cincinnati 13. That takes us to Dallas and Miami. Jeff, I'm not going to waste time on this. Who you got? Yes, Dallas pass. Yeah, Dallas big in this one. Miami's tanking 27 to three. Dolphins. I really think or, or Miami, Cowboys. My bad. <laughs> I really think Miami's going to win this football game. There's something in my soul that says it. But just because this is a standings thing, and I need the picks to work, I'm taking Dallas as well. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this logically. The Dallas Cowboys lose every big game they ever had. Do not be surprised if this Miami. It's not a big game. Though. No, it's not. But Miami might go in there and just say, you know what? They're not. They're going to punch the cow. I don't be surprised. So you think the Dolphins are going to cover the spread? The 21 big oh, 21 yeah. spread? They'll cover the spread. Ooh, interesting. They'll definitely cover the spread. Interesting. All Dallas right. will win on a walk-off field goal by Brett Maher. That's the most By the way, do you guys realize this is the first time in NFL history that there's two games with a 20-point plus spread? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I don't think there's ever been a team like this bad, like we knew they would be this bad, like the Dolphins are either. So we're going to go to Green Bay now in the freezing what was cold. Your, what was your score pick? Uh, Dallas 24, Miami 23. Wow, you're giving it that close. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. It's about theatrics. It's not about winning. I'm surprised the Dolphins got to 23 points. They might, Josh it might, Rosen. It might take them five games to get to 23 Josh points. Josh Rosen. Anyway, <laughs> that was funny. Five points, 23 points. Um, the Green Bay Packers, 2-0, take on the Denver Broncos. Jeff, what do you got? Who's home in this one? Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah, I'll take Green Bay in this one. Damn, I hate to do it because, you know, Flacco to Emmanuel Sanders has been pretty good, but Green Bay at home, they're going to be tough, so give me Green Bay in this one. Yeah, I got Green Bay as well. I think the the Broncos are going to be able to run, but that, that's pretty much it. Uh, the Packers' secondary has played very well. That outside pass rush has played very well. And Denver's without Juwan James. Garrett Bowles has the most penalties in football, and... That's going to be tough against an outside rushing team that's done well. The defense for the Broncos will keep them in it, but I really can't see them holding the whole game. I think they're just going to be tired and on the field a ton, and that's not a place you want to be able to do it in Green Bay in that weather. I'm going to take the Packers 23-10. to 10. Keep them in it. All right. Um, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos here, and here's the thing. Joe Flacco is used to playing in cold weather. Baltimore gets very cold. 
one and two. That defense with a flustered Aaron Rodgers might actually have an easier time than people think. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are already showing cracks in the armor, and that's only week two. I think Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are due to get going, and I think this is the week they're going to do it. Chris Harris looks phenomenal still. I'll say Denver 17, Green Bay 13, 14. The weakness in the Packers line, though, is more inside, though, not really outside. What? The Packers offensive line. Their weakness is more inside, though. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller will get going. They're too dynamic not to. Alright. I, I think it's shocking that you haven't done anything yet. Alright, here's a good one. Matt Ryan takes the team of one in one proportions to Indianapolis to take on Jacoby Brissett. Jeff, what do you got? Oh gosh. They're in Indianapolis? Yes. Yep. Oh gosh. Oh, I just can't pick against the Falcons, I guess. They looked pretty good the other night. I want to pick the Colts at home, but give me the Falcons in this one. I think too much Matt Ryan and too much Julio Jones. Yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons too, but I, I will give the Colts credit. They are actually going to be a very pesky team this year. Their defense has played very well, so I do think it will be a close game. I actually think there'll be more running in this game from Devontae Freeman, and I think you're going to see them try to take away Julio Jones. Because the Colts last year, when they were playing defense, they were a lot like the Patriots. They tried to take away the number one receiver. So I think Julio Jones is a little down, but I think the other guys step it up just enough, and I think the defense will be able to hold in the field goals. And but I think the Falcons' defense still played very well last week. So I think the Colts are pesky, but I'm going to take Atlanta 23-21. I think this is the week you find out what the Indianapolis Colts and Atlanta Falcons are. Atlanta was awful, awful week one. There were glimpses of them being awful last week against the Eagles. And the Indianapolis Colts held on tough against the Chargers, and they played good against Tennessee. This is a this is a show game for both teams, and Atlanta's too good to go one and two. All right, I'm taking Atlanta, 30 to 20, 30 to 20 is actually a pretty good score. I'll go with that. Falcons. That game's way too good to go over right now. The Oakland Raiders one and one go to Minnesota one and one. Ah, this is going to be a closer game than people think. Jeff, what do you got? It's not going to be a closer game than people think. Josh Jacobs is hampered by an injury right now. He's most of that offense. Uh, the Vikings look pretty good. Dalvin Cook is toting the rock, man. Dalvin Cook looks good this year. So give me the Vikings in this one. Bounce back week for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I think the Vikings win this, and it's not really that close. I mean, you really need a lot of good pass rushers to attack that Vikings offensive line. The Raiders really just don't have that right now. Clellan Farrell showed glimpses of good play, but... They really don't have anything else, and the run defense has still been very iffy. I think Dalvin Cook is another great game. I think you're going to see some of the receivers play well enough in that. And the Raiders, on the other end, do they have the receiving depth to really attack that secondary is what I'm not sure about. And their offensive line is all banged up too, so I really can't see that working at all. I'm going to take the Vikings pretty big in this one, 28-13. All right, so here's the thing. This game's going to be an absolute blowout. Uh, Minnesota might drop 40. Um, I hate Kirk Cousins, but there's Garen Connolly is not going to stop this offense. So I'll say Minnesota 34 to 14 Vikings. You wanted to pick up a closer game. We all know it. Well, I did, but uh, this game's not going to be close. All right, Jeff. 
Quote, Patriots, Jets. Yeah, it's not close. Patriots, pass. Yep, not close. Patriots defense, amazing. Jets with a third-string quarterback. 34-9, to Patriots. You're giving the Jets nine points? Short fields, garbage time, yeah. I, I think you're going to see a similar blowout to Miami. I would say 38 nothing. All right, here's a good game. Detroit, they're on the... Just feeling thin. Well, yeah, well, it's all right. The Detroit Lions are undefeated. They're going up against Philly 1-1. One one. Jeff, what prime animal wins this one? <coughs> yeah, the Eagles are going to win this. The Eagles are one of the best teams. I was shocked they lost to the, the Falcons last week. So give me the Eagles in this one. Uh, fairly big. I'm going to take the Eagles too, but I actually think it'll be closer than people think. I think the Lions have some good matchup advantages. I like their receivers against an Eagles secondary that is not very good and is on the smaller side when it comes to their corners. I think Kenny Galladay is a big day in this one. The question is, again, will they be able to protect Stafford? And their line is not bad. They actually played very well last week against the Chargers with a backup tackle. They didn't allow a single sack to either Ingram or Bosa. So that gives them a little uh, optimism, but it's still going to be very hard for them to stop all that depth. So I'm going to take the Eagles in a tight one. I think their offense just has too much at this point. And Zach Gertz bounces back as does the running game. 27-21 Eagles. I think it'll be closer than people think. I want to take Detroit really bad. I can see it. Uh, this would not be an unrealistic one. But again, we're in standings. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Car- I'm gonna take Carson Wentz by the skin of his teeth. Eagles 24, Detroit 21. Matt Prater will miss a game-winning field goal. Yeah, he's had a bad year. <laughs> I'm surprised, man. All right, here we go. Ready? Game of the week by far. 2-0 Kansas City, 2-0 Baltimore. Jeff, it's at Kansas City. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just, listen, Baltimore has been nice. Uh, I think they're a good team. I don't think that they're quite ready yet to be, you know, a premier team in the league. Give me, give me Kansas City at home in this one. I'm going to have to agree with him, and I do like the Ravens. I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the league. I talent-wise. Right, I'm not, I'm not saying the Ravens aren't good, though, right? Like, you're yeah. not taking that as, like, I'm no. dogging no, no, the Ravens. No, 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 no. no, I'm taking the Chiefs as well, and I think the Ravens are very talented, but here's the problem. I saw <clears throat> Kyler Murray get 349 yards on that secondary. Those secondary injuries are more concerning, and Patrick Mahomes He'll throw the ball downfield, and he he spread the receivers around nicely. You saw McCall, McCall Hardman play very well last week. You saw Demarcus Robinson. They're trusting these guys a lot more, and there were some holes in that secondary last week. Christian Kirk had 114 yards against them. Larry Fitzgerald obviously had his 100 yards and his clutch play in the fourth quarter. So I think they're just going to be getting just enough of the big plays. They're not going to be able to run because nobody can run on them, but they're not. the Chiefs are not a running team, so I think they'll get the big plays. And their defense, I think, will be bend, don't break. They'll, Lamar Jackson gets a lot of rushing yards. I think Mark Ingram plays well, or whoever the running back is. But they'll be settling for field goals a lot. But no, the Ravens rotate their backfield a lot. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in a, in a close one, 28-23. Give me the upset. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. Defense travels, and I'm sorry, the defenses are not even close in this football game. And here's the other thing. This is where you're going to miss Tyree Kill. I'm sorry. The Baltimore Ravens secondary is a lot better than the um, 
who they just play last week. The Chiefs? Yeah. Just played the Raiders. Yeah, that that's not even close. And outside of that second quarter, Pat Mahomes didn't impress me that much. So here's the thing. I am going to take the Ravens. Lamar Jackson might not play well this week. This might be the week where Lamar Jackson kind of comes back down to earth so much. But that defense and Justin Tuck, Justin Tucker, sorry, I always do that. Justin Tucker is going to have a pretty good game in this one. It's very rare you talk about kicking, but this is a game where special teams is going to matter. And the best special teams in the league is the Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City's got one of the best ones too, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say uh, uh, Harrison Buckers is one of the top three kickers in football. They got a good return game too. Right. But the Ravens, I think, are just better all around. I'm going to take the Ravens in a very close football game. 21-17 Ravens. And with that, we're going to the 4 o'clock games. Gentlemen, Arizona 0-1-1. They are winless. Take on another 0-2 Carolina Panthers team. Jeff, does Cam Newton get off the snide? He does not. I don't. Uh, this Arizona team, man, they're better than people are giving them credit for, and I know that that's like weird to say because, you know, every, no one's really believing in Arizona. But I, I think that they're better than people are giving them credit for, man. They almost pulled off the win last week against Baltimore. I think I, I think you're going to be shocked. I think, you know, and I, I'm not trusting Cam Newton is fully healthy and that he, you know, he's he's all there. So, so give me Arizona in this one. I think if Cam Newton plays, I think the Panthers win. If Cam Newton doesn't play, I'll take Arizona because Jeff is right. Kyler Murray has been very good in the second half of games so far this year, and the Cardinals have hung tough with teams as a result. They tied the first week, a game they probably should have won, and they lost the second week to to a team that I thought they were going to blow them out. So I think if Cam Newton doesn't play, I think the Cardinals do win, but I think if Cam Newton does play, I think he's finally going to get his running legs going. I think that linebacking core for Arizona is not great, and they've played a lot of deeper zone with their safeties. So it'll be very interesting. Christian McCaffrey, I think, will bounce back a little bit, not a lot. And David Johnson, maybe he'll play well, but I just I don't, no way. I don't see it with him. He just hasn't looked right in the last three years. It just I, I can't trust it. So being that Cam Newton's most likely going to be active, I'll take the Panthers for now. I'll change the pick if I need to with the Cardinals. I think it'll be a close, kind of sloppy game either way. 23-20 Carolina, I'll say right now. I'll change it, though, if if Kyle Allen is the starting quarterback. So here's the thing. Uh, actually, there was a report about Kyle Allen not too long ago. I'm trying to find it. The Panthers are trending toward Kyle Allen playing, not Cam Newton. Just so everybody knows. All right, I'll switch them to the Cardinals then. I don't Cardinal. think it matters. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers in this football oh, game. Oh, you trust Kyle Allen? No, huh? I don't. I trust that front seven, and I trust the Carolina Panthers to win a football game that they should win. They should be at least one and one right now, and they're not, obviously. But I think that this is a tough football team with a playoff identity, and I think they know that if they lose another game, their season's over. This is a must-win game. Arizona is kind of a team that isn't overly going to kill you offensively. Yeah, it's a nice story what's going on there. This front seven is going to be the toughest test Kyle Murray's seen. We're about to find out what Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray really is. I'm going to take Carolina in this football game. 24 24-14 Panthers. This is going to be a good football game too. I think Houston Texans go into the L.A. to take on the Chargers. Jeff, what do you got? 
Yeah, I think the Chargers are a team without an identity. I, uh, Houston's going to be a tough out. Give me Houston in this game. This game will be very close. I think you're going to see a very high-scoring game. But I'm going to agree with Jeff. I'm going to take Houston as well. I, again, I don't trust the Chargers in close games. I think the Chargers have had trouble finishing drives a lot this year. You've seen them have to settle for field goals, even against the Colts. In the first week, they had trouble with that. And obviously, they couldn't kick to save their life against the Lions. So this is a team that's had trouble in the red zone. And again, I'm not blaming the Melvin Gordon issue because they've still been able to run the ball. And I think they'll still run the ball in this game. I just think they're going to have trouble just finishing drives. They're off, the red zone offense has been good. And I think Deshaun Watson can roll out from that kind of pressure from Bosa and Ingram, even though their line is obviously terrible. And I think that'll end up making a difference. I trust Deshaun Watson in the clutch. He's been very good throughout his career. I'm going to take the Texans. Very close game, 28-26. I think you're both crazy. Um, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram might sniff Deshaun Watson every single snap that Deshaun Watson has to run backwards for. I think the Chargers win this game quite handsomely, actually. I'm gonna. You're right. In tough games, they haven't really done anything. But I think this game might be an absolute blowout. Phillip Rivers has looked kind of rusty. I think the rust comes off at home. I'll say Chargers 32, Texans 21. And then we go to Tampa Bay and New York Giants. Jeff, try not to make a joke about this one. Who you got? <laughs> Give me, give me Tampa Bay in this one, man. They're, uh, they played Carolina Cup and, and got a win. I think under Bruce Arians' leadership, they're, they're a team that, uh, you know, they're still not going to be all that great, but they're not the second-worst team in football, so give me Tampa. Yeah, I got Tampa as well. I think there's a lot of good matchups to like in this one with their receivers. That giant secondary has not played well, even against a Buffalo receiving core. That's nothing special. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You have, obviously, the tight ends that they have. And, again, I think you're really going to see Jameis Winston be able to roll out against a team that's gotten no pass rush and has mostly power rushers on this team. He'll be able to run some, too. Their running game actually hasn't been too bad. So I think the combination of that and their defense starting to play very well, especially in that front seven, I think it's going to be tough. I think Daniel Jones plays all right. I don't think he'll play terrible, but I don't think it's going to be a deal-breaker because those receivers really aren't anything. Saquon plays well, but not great. Oh, Saquon Barkley's going to have a day and a half. But Tampa's run defense has been very good. They held Christian McCaffrey last week to, I think, 39 yards. So I don't know how good it'll be. I think Saquon's better for sure than McCaffrey as a runner, but I don't think it'll be that star-studded performance we've seen the first two weeks. So I'm going to take Tampa in this one, semi-big, 34-20. to I'm also going to take Tampa Bay, but this game's going to be closer than both of them think. Uh, Saquon Barkley will have a tremendous day, I believe that. Daniel Jones, I think, is going to utilize him more as a pass-catching back than Eli Manning did. And I also think you're going to see a great day from Evan Ingram. Devin White is not there, and I do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is just flat-out better than the Giants at this point. And I do think James Winston will show that arm talent that we've all known he's had. Uh, it was always a question of would he get it right with the right leadership and head coach. And it pairs Bruce Arians as that guy. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Mike Evans is going to have a field day. I will say Tampa Bay 28, Giants 17. All right, here we go. Here's a game I really don't want to pick. Seattle 2-0 taking on the Drew Brees of Saints. Jeff, don't break my heart too bad. I mean, this is a layup. It's going to be Seattle. You saw what the Saints were without Drew Brees, and it wasn't pretty. So, uh, and, and while, you know, New Orleans' defense is still pretty good, 
I, I don't see how any normal thinking person cannot pick Seattle in this game after seeing what the Saints looked like offensively without Drew Brees. So give me Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's going to win this pretty easily. I think they're, the Saints' defense will keep a minute, but they're only going to keep a minute so far. Seattle's been able to stop the run this year, which is going to hurt against, uh, which is going to hurt that run game. And they need that run game to get going, but they just haven't been able. Nobody's able to run on Seattle. James Conner struggled. Joe Mixon struggled. I, that's a beastly front seven the way it's looking right now, and they're going to need to be able to run to have any shot in this game. I think the Seahawks offense will have some trouble too running the ball, but I think they'll get some big plays from their receivers, and that'll be enough. Twenty-four to ten, Seahawks. It gave us 10 points, huh? Yeah, I did. Nice. Um, this game's going to be an absolute blowout. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf will tear apart the secondary. And I got news for you. This is going to be an ugly, ugly loss. Um, leave Sean Payton and Drew Brees out of this. You, you got to look at what you got going on right now, and it's not pretty. Uh, Russell Wilson will dominate this game on Sunday. I'll say Seattle... 28, Saints 3. And then we go to the last 4 o'clock game. 2-0, San Francisco against 0-2, Pittsburgh. Minka Fitzpatrick's debut. Jeff, who wins the uh, Clash of the Dynasties? I'm going with Pittsburgh in this one. Really? I'm going with Pittsburgh in this one. Mason Rudolph is no slouch. She came in the, in the game and, and threw the ball around. I think that that's going to help, and I'm just not quite there on on San Francisco yet. San Francisco is is an up-and-coming up team, but Pittsburgh's run defense is really, really still pretty good, and I think that that can slow down Briata and Mostert and those guys, and, and I think you know Mason Rudolph is going to do enough to, to get Pittsburgh by in this one. I don't see them going to 0-3. Give me Pittsburgh in this game. I think it'll be closer than people think, too. I'm still going to take the 49ers, though, because I do think – Considering how little they've used George Kittle this year in comparison to last year, they've, their offense is still operated very strong. Now, they had a sluggish first half against Tampa. They got it going in the second. They played great against the Bengals, whose defense isn't anything special either. But I, I give them, with all the guys they have hurt, all the different guys they have, they've used a lot of different guys well. You're right. The, the Steelers do have some matchup advantages. I actually think Mason Rudolph will play well in this game. But here's the other thing, too. I don't think they will be able to run. That Niners front has been very good against the run this year as well, and their pass rush as well. I think you're going to finally see on the on the defensive side, I think you're going to finally see that, um, that interior rush start to play better against an offensive line that is good, but not as good on the interior as it used to be. And on the offensive side, I think the Niners will be able to just throw enough. I think Kittle has that big game finally. I think Dante Pettis finally shows up as well. So I'm going to take the 49ers in a tight one. That Steelers defense will be better with Minka there, but not right away. 24-17, tight one. I'll take the Niners. Um, I'm also taking San Francisco. I actually think this game might be a blowout, too. I think San Francisco, I disagree. I know that Pittsburgh's front seven is not as bad as people think. I think San Francisco's offensive line and plus the running backs they have are the perfect antidote for that. And here's the other part. I think Jimmy G is looking to really prove some doubters wrong. He didn't play great week one. Everyone made a big deal about five picks and five throws of practice. Oh, he looks awful. Jimmy G's looked a hunt, night and day compared to preseason and regular season. And guess what? Jimmy G's the only quarterback that took a pretty majority snaps of the preseason. And I think it's paying off for him. 
I think he finally uses George Kittle as Speedy was saying. I think that Devin Bush is not going to be able to really be able to handle George He's Kittle. He's really struggled this year, Devin Bush. Yeah. So I do look at that and I go, hmm, all right. And Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan knows something about beating the Steelers. So I'm going to take that into account. And here's the other thing. San Francisco's at home, and I just, I really feel like Jimmy G's going to put on a show this I really just believe that. Niners, 24. Pittsburgh Steelers, 10. Wait a minute. Kyle Shanahan knows how to beat the Steelers? He coached the Browns. He was an offensive coordinator for the Browns when they were horrible. <laughs> it sounds like one of your takes, Speedy. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. Hey, listen, I'm, I just try to throw things in there, so I don't know. But I want to fit in on the network. Can't make everyone else look too dumb. Anyway, Sunday night, prime time. Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. Jeff, who you got? Oh, man. I mean, how can you, how can you pick against the Rams? I mean, I'm just not there with Cleveland yet. I realize they get a lot of publicity, and everyone thinks they're so great, blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen the the team everyone has is expected in Cleveland, so I, I'd say the the Rams in that game. I'm going to take the Rams as well. I think the Browns have had trouble this year against the run, and we've actually seen the Browns or the Rams get some success not only from Todd Gurley but from Malcolm Brown in both pretty much even sample sizes so far. Malcolm Brown had a great week one; he played all right week two, in and I think you're going to see that end up working. I think the Rams have the receiving depth to be able to complement the Browns. Well, they do have the first two corners very good. Their, their depth is not overly great, and I think they'll be able to expose the middle of the field with a heavy motion offense. And I don't be surprised if they get the tight ends involved too. The Browns, I think, will be able to expose some matchups, but the Rams do have two, still have two good corners to not completely let Odell and Landry dominate this game. I think David Njoku, if he was healthy, would be more of a threat, but he's, not, he's questionable. I, I think he's Nick out. Chubb... Oh, he's officially out? I, I saw a question. I think, I think he is out. I saw earlier that he needed uh, wrist surgery. Yeah, so that's going to hurt, too. In what I thought would be one matchup they would be able to exploit, but not really. I think Chubb plays well. I think Baker plays okay, but he's been very up and down in primetime throughout his career so far. And the, the Rams have been very good in primetime since they became this juggernaut of an offense. So I'm going to take the Rams 31-21. Hmm. I'm glad I'm the only one doing this. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. That defense is really the focal point of the team to me. That defense is something that no one's talked about all offseason long. I felt like I was the only one mentioning it. This defense, first of all, Brandon Cooks on Denzel Ward is not something Jared Goff's going to look for. And that front seven shut down Le'Veon Bell on Monday Night Football. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I wouldn't say shut down. On 21 carries, he had 60 yards. What are you, the Jets? I think it's 70. Doesn't matter. Love Bell's Bell a better running back yards. right now than Todd Gurley is. I think he had 79. Not, yards. No, no, no. That's not true at all. Not when the Jets are as big an abortion as they are. I mean, when you have no other like weapons or way to move the football, everyone's going to be keying on Le'Veon Bell. So, I mean, I'm not impressed by that whatsoever. You can you can stay impressed with it and, and be one of the suckers. Nah, dude. That I'm not, wasn't all I'm not that being great. a sucker here. He had 68 but, yards rushing, and he had 61 receiving on 10 catches. Right. Where's the playmaker there? I don't see it. So they stopped talking. Yards? That, yeah, but That's he had good. how many? Catch, 
Yeah, divide that by 24. 61 yards. Divide his total yardage by the amount of times he touched the football. So 31 total touches, I guess, for 120 yards. Okay. Divide. 129 yards. I can't do that in my head. Hold on, we'll do it right now. How many did you just say? 31 touches between the, the carries and the catches for 129 yards. Four yards a touch. Which is what you 4. would point one? Yeah, which is what you want out of a running back. Uh, Isn't that what you want? Four four yards a carry is no, the, four point eight, four point seven, not four point one. Mm, four yards is what's considered good. I'm Here's sorry. the thing. So here yeah, good. The Ram Todd Gurley's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be great. Okay, but when so, you're but Jeff's right, when you're the center of attention like right, that. Right, and who's gonna be the center of attention on Sunday night football? Please, let the let me handle this. Todd Gurley has two bad knees. I don't care what anyone says. The Rams don't know what his knee condition is, and I've yet to see Todd Gurley really light up the scoreboard yet. Yeah, he looked great last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. Cleveland's going to zone in on Todd Gurley like every other team does, and Jared Goff is not going to beat this Browns team over the top like everyone expects him to do. Jared Goff, to me, is the most overrated quarterback in football. He really is. And here's the other thing. Who's going to stop that offense on the other side? Marcus Peters on Odell, Aqib Tlaib on Landry, or vice versa? And who's going to be on Rashard Higgins? That team is going to Rashard light up Higgins, the scoreboard. I don't, I don't think was the slot receiver last game. I think it was some Ratley guy. I, I don't even know right. his first name. <laughs> well, he obviously was effective. But who, who the hell knows, right? And I really think Cleveland needs this. It's going to be at home. The dog pound is going to be as loud as it's been in 30 no, it's years. it's at the Rams. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Speedy, I just looked at it. It's in Cleveland. Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. It's in Cleveland. That's why he doesn't oh, you're talk. Right. Okay. He's, yeah, right. I'm always right. This is in Cleveland, and Cleveland will win the football game. I believe that wholeheartedly. I said the Rams would have a fall-off, and it's 2-0. It's a perfect trap game. I'll take Cleveland 34-28. I do think it'll be a competitive football game, but I think that the Browns squeak it out. That brings us to the Monday night football special. Get ready for this one. 1-1 one one Bears take on the 0-2 Redskins. Jeff, how bad of a slaughter is this in Washington? Yeah, I, I think the Bears are a good football team that have been underperforming. So I, I like the Bears in this game. You know, the Redskins, man, if I told you Kirk, uh, you know, Case Keenum would have, you know, five touchdown passes and, and 600 yards passing, and, and uh, you know, five touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. No picks. You, you, you'd have said that the Redskins would be undefeated at that point, right? Well, right. they're 0-2 because their defense stinks. And so give me the Bears in this matchup. I think the Bears win too, but I don't think it's a slaughter. I think the Bears' offense has still been very iffy, though. They have Allen Robinson doing well, and that's really it. They, they've gotten not, not much from Tariq Cohen, not much from Montgomery. He's been up and down. Mitch Trubisky, like Tyler said, has struggled this year with his accuracy. And the Redskins' defense, you're right, it's struggled with big plays, but I don't really think the Bears, have the, besides Robinson, have that kind of guy to stretch the field like that. So I don't think it'll be as high scoring as people think with the Bears, even with the Redskins' defense being a little down. I don't think they're bad. I think they're a little down. That being said, on the other side, the Bears' defense is just way too good for a, a Redskins' offense that has no running game right now. And besides Terry McLaurin, no other threat on the outside. So I'm going to take the Bears in a defensive struggle, 16-10. to 10. 
I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the Washington Redskins. Here's the thing: it's the defense will do its job. I think Case Keenum will be beat up, and I think Case Keenum will even look bad at times. I'm sorry, Mitch Chapinski to me just does not do it. You know that stat I brought up yesterday about how Cam Newton leads the league in most uncatchable passes? You know who number two is? Mitch Trebinsky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Redskins are more talented to me on defense than most people give them credit for. They are. And that front seven, even without Jonathan Allen, they're going to get after that kid. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Matt uh, Ioannidis, they're going to get him. They're going to get him good. I do think... Landon Collins will have a phenomenal day stopping the run, too. Yeah, might even get a pick or two, the way Mitch Chavitsky flings it around. I'm taking the Redskins here at home. I'm, I'm going to take the Redskins 17-14, and then you're really going to have some trouble in Chicago because I think the people are going to look at Matt Nagy and go, what are you doing? And it's not Matt Nagy's fault. Chicago made the trade to move up for Mitch Chavitsky. Nobody else And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the picks of the week for week three of the NFL season. And, uh, Jeff, buddy, I would like to thank you for joining us. Tyler, thanks for having me. I really just wanted to, you know, come here and tell everybody how, what I really thought of the Jets, but it was fun sticking around for the picks. I, I it was sick to my stomach that I picked the Cowboys, but they are actually a pretty good team this year. It makes me sick to say that, but they are. You know, if they if they lose to Miami, I want to dedicate a whole show to ripping on the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, please let that happen. Jeff will host the show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I probably I probably won't even show up. I'll just phone in. How's everybody doing? All right, show's on, right? Okay, good. Please let that happen. I, you know, I, I, mean, I really do. Have you know what we're in for? We're in for a more smug beef comments about oh, look how good they're playing when they've played the Giants and the Dolphins through three weeks. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what bothers me most about the whole thing is like, you know, he's in for a rude awakening once Dallas actually starts to play an NFL football schedule. But as for right now, they look pretty good. Yeah. I actually think the Giants could have won the football game if they gave Saquon more touches, but neither here nor there. Um, I will also say this. I don't want Mike Guido to have any type of championship this year. Regardless of what happened, I don't want to listen to his mouth. I you don't, don't want to listen to who? Mike Guido. Oh, I mean, you got you to gotta hand it to him. So far, the Cowboys do look like a playoff threat this year, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Terrific. Do they not? You don't think that they're a good football team? Because I think that they're a much. I think they're. they're it's surprising how much. I think Zach, Pre Zach Prescott's improved. I really think though, once he gets back in football shape, you'll go back to seeing the boring Cowboys. Yeah, I don't see that happening. You know, especially Kellen Moore. I mean, Kellen Moore. You know, say what you want as far as like a, you know a coordinator a or whatever. He's a smart guy. I, I get and that. And he understands how modern offenses work. It's not. But it's not even just that. He's a he's a former quarterback. He knows what quarterbacks want to do. They want to they want to throw the football around. They want to have some fun, man. You got you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, I don't see the the Cowboys losing what they've been doing so far. I think that they like throwing the ball downfield and doing this kind of stuff, man. Maybe, but I know the Cowboys, and they screwed up somehow. 
that yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's the the prevailing thought is we're all just kind of waiting for you know Jason Garrett to somehow screw it up, right? Like I think that's what everyone's kind of waiting for, but I'm not sure it happens this year, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's saying a lot. I, I still say he can find a way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a stretch to assume that that's what happens this year. Mm, history shows me that he'll find a way. Possibly. Mm, more than possibly. More like likely. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right there. You know, I'm not a. Yeah, you know, I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. I think that they're trash. You know, and their their fans are trash. And you know, Jerry Jerry Jones is a joke. That whole stadium is a joke. You know, but I mean, you got to give it to them. They're a threat this year, man. No, I, I get there. Look at the look at the NFC and and name me who you think the top the top four teams are in the NFC and try to not include Dallas in it. You can't do it. No, oh, I absolutely can't. Really, I don't think you could. The only team right now, because obviously it's the power rankings kind of thing. Seattle, Philly, Falcons, Saints. Rams, that's no, five. Now. Can't, can't, Saints can't now. Have the Saints oh. in there without Drew Brees. Yes, I don't well, know if you could do the Saints He's going to come now. back. All right, fine. I would Atlanta. say Green Bay. I would say Green Bay. As Green well. Bay, Chicago. No, not Chicago. Chicago is better defensively than. Dude, you're trying. Yes, and their offense is horrible. Like, dude, you're like you're like really reaching to not include Dallas in there. Dallas. Is a, no, a there's good five definitive teams. Five definitive teams. Eagles. Right. I mean, the top four teams in the NFC, to me, in no particular order, I'm not giving right. a ranking here, would probably be Philly, Dallas, the Rams, and Seattle. Atlanta, I think, is just rusty. you got to yeah, remember all Atlanta the injuries Johnson, and everything like that. Right. Atlanta Atlanta will get going. I, I, would, I put Atlanta I would even Dallas. I would even say Atlanta, Green Bay, Philly, Dallas in some particular order, though, too, I think. Right. That's fine. It, the Seahawks are a good team, but they've not really blown the doors off anybody yet. They survived against the Bengals in a game. They Dallas hasn't played out. anybody good yet. What's I understand that, but like Seattle, like they've squeaked by two different games where they didn't. I don't think they played overly amazing. I I, th- I agree with you. The tough opponents have been tougher, but I don't think they've really like super dominated. Does Dallas go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers? I don't think so. Mm, I think they well do. now with Big Ben out, sure, but before that, I don't know. I, I don't know, because the Steelers' defense is still very iffy. And Dak Prescott, like Jeff was saying, was actually stretching the field against the Redskins' defense, which is much better. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know how that you wouldn't include Dallas in that, because they are improved. I hate saying it. Dude, who, name me another person that hates Dallas as much as, much as I do. Me. I dare you. <laughs> me. <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't, I mean, you didn't invent Waste Management University, so. That's what they are. I thought that was you know, Jets. that's what they used to be. No, that's probably, no, that's probably more accurate for the Jets now, but in the offseason, that was the Cowboys. No, 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 no. Waste Management University will, will always be the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because, you know, they are, they are trash. Their fans are trash. But the Jets are far worse than that. They're like BFI Community College. That's a lot of that's a lot of down talk, my friend. Listen, the Jets are terrible, man. The Jets are bad. I don't know what they spent all that money to get worse this year. Um, 
I think they just needed a new culture, and I think they got it. The sad part is Sam Donald gained mono, and Adam Gates not using Sam Donald properly in week one is ultimately what did him in. I mean, the Jets are on the same trajectory right now as as the Miami Dolphins. As bad uh, as that is to say. That's not true. No, they have talent. They just have a lot of holes, too. And they well, have a lot I want to know why. They have a lot of talent in the same areas. By the way, uh, the Angels have beaten the Yankees at home. And Garrett All Cole right. has 300 strikeouts. I, I, hey, listen, that's fine. I've told you. I've told you I don't think the Yankees are going to be a deep playoff threat. I've been saying this. I was broken up about the Batances thing, man. What a shame that is. That's awful. Can I ask this question? And this is a serious question. Why was he dealing with the Batances even pitching in that game? I mean, because this is what the Yankees do. I, I believe. No, right, no. That's gonna... what Aaron Boone does. Nobody else. Listen, here's, here's the thing. And I believe this. And I, I really do believe this. And I realize it's a crazy conspiracy theory. I believe this. I believe that the Yankees do not give two shits about anyone. They're running people out there with injuries regardless of what anyone says or does or whatever. Right? I would agree because with you. But that's why was, I blame Aaron Boone because Aaron Boone should know that. But It's not Aaron Boone, though. Wasn't the game a blowout, though? Ain't nothing. Yeah, so wouldn't you want to start him in a lower-pressure situation right away? So in case there's obviously a chance of re-injury. Again, he didn't... But the problem is they're running people out there with injuries. That's the problem. I mean, look at what they did with Severino. Go ahead and try to tell me they didn't know Severino was hurt and they were still running him out there. You know, because they were saying, oh, oh, he'll be fine, he'll be fine, right? Remember when he came back last year and everyone was like, oh, is there something going on in his elbow? And they were like, no, he'll be fine. Then all of a sudden he missed the second half of last year and essentially all of this year, right? right. And there was something seriously going on there. Right, I think didn't... they keep running guys out there that they know have serious injuries. Uh, and I think that they knew Dellen Batances was hurt right, and that it was just a matter of time. I thought Batances got hurt like he slipped off the mound or something like that. It wasn't the same thing he got hurt for originally. I mean, I just I just think the Yankees medical staff is, is hanging people out to dry. Yeah, maybe some of the Mets guys have snuck in there. <laughs> I mean, this is the one, and I, I used to say this every year, like the season doesn't start for the Mets until the first guy gets hurt. But like, Oh, that was early really, this year. Jed Lowry got hurt in February. <laughs> right, but this year it's been the Yankees with the injury bug. Man, it's been bad for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually apologize. He hurt himself hopping off the mound. Right, that's what I said. I think, he slipped, I think he slipped off the mound. I don't think it was his pitching, like, what was it, the, was it a lat injury? or He tore his Achilles. No, no, no. The why was he out so long during the season? It oh, wasn't shoulder, the Achilles. It was a shoulder. Okay. Right. So, shoulder, I, like, it, it, there are two different injuries. So again, I don't think I don't think you could really blame him for that either. And again, I uh, think they, see, I didn't think it was two different injuries. I thought that they knew he had some sort of lower body no, thing going on. He just on. slipped off the mound. I think walking back at the dugout or something like that, and he tore his Achilles. That's sad. Which I is, thought he heard it walking out. He's six foot eight, two hundred sixty pound. Like that kind of body type is going to be. But he that's something he's always done. No, I know that. I'm just saying that kind of body type in baseball probably has more chances of getting hurt than a like an average size like two two ten two twenty guy. Well, so be it. Uh, this is good news for the Yankees though because they could resign for cheap. Probably, yeah. Or if they bring I mean, back at all. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I think he's not going to be back. 
I mean, they're going to have to make some choices on who to pay. They knew that this was coming. I think you. The only people that didn't know that this was coming were Yankee fans, because Yankee fans believe every year they can sign anyone regardless. But, I mean, anyone with a normal brain knew that this was coming, that they were going to have to make some hard choices. No, absolutely. I think Adam Avino was Dylan Patances' replacement the whole time. I mean, do you think Adavino was, was a Batanzas replacement, or do you think he was a Robertson replacement? No, Zach Britton was a Robertson replacement. No, Zach Britton was already there. <laughs> no, they made a choice over Zach Britton or David Robertson. They chose Zach Britton. Come on, stick with me, Speedy. They're two different types of pitchers, though. Well, you can't pay two closers to set up that much money. Yeah, but Britton's not just a closer. <laughs> not anymore, because you have Heraldus Chapman there, Speedy. Okay, but if... Britain didn't pitch in other spots with the Orioles. They might have not traded for him in the first place. They might have traded for maybe somebody like Adam Adovino. I mean, either way, I'm going to laugh at it. As a Red Sox fan, I can't help but laugh at it. This makes me happy. Go Astros. Oh, the Astros are going to go to the world. The the Astros will smother their way to the playoffs. And they will not. I don't think they'll lose a game until they get to the World Series. Really? Who's going to beat them? I'm not going to rule out the team you like, too, the race. I'm not going to rule that out either. Uh, how, can you, how, can you rule out, how can you rule out the Twins? They're the first team to ever have five guys with 30 home runs. They're rolling pretty good, too. Yeah, no, I get that. But the Twins are probably going to play the Yankees. I think the Twins could beat the Yankees. I think the Twins will beat the Yankees. But the problem is the Astros are going to – the Astros have just got three guys that can go out there and dominate. But here's something with the Twins, though, too. Like, you mentioned the, they have the home runs, but you even mentioned this last year, too, with the Yankees. Sometimes that doesn't always win in the postseason, it just doesn't. hitting home runs. It doesn't. And that's why I'm not picking the Yankees. The Yankees can't play small ball to save their lives. They can't. But they might. the Twins are a team that might have that kind of issue, too, with a lot of guys that are home run and, like, 250 That's why I said the guys. Astros won't lose a game. They play small ball, big ball, fly ball, small ball. doesn't matter. The Astros are the most complete team in baseball. Forget American League. They're the best team in baseball. The Dodgers, and here's the thing, and this is where I, the MVP conversation comes up. I'm sorry. Cody Bellinger had a phenomenal year, and it's a shame because this happened to him twice. He had one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen because Pete Alonso and Judge have had better ones. And it's forgotten about because of the year Aaron Judge had his rookie year. And B, he had a phenomenal first half. He's pr- if the season would have ended in July, he would have been MVP. He would have been MVP. I'm sorry. Anthony Rendon's the MVP of the National League, and that's how it should go. Anthony Rendon, I think, hasn't beaten almost every single stat you can think of. Yeah, and and Anthony Rendon's behind, though. <laughs> so what? His bad average is almost 30% higher. He's got more RBIs. I'm not giving it to a guy because he hit 10 more home runs. No, that's now why you I... sound like Mike Guido. No, now, now that is why... I think Yelich will still win it, though, just because he has that, too. He has the RBIs. See, here's the thing. Anthony Rendon's played 150-something games. Christian Yelich didn't. Christian Yelich didn't miss much before this injury, though. I know, but... I think he was out, like, I think three days or something Riders are going to take that into account, Speedy. If it was 30 games, sure. Not... I'm not saying... Not 15. I don't think I'm just saying... Because I've been saying this. I said it was Yelich for basically all year. But if they're going to knock Yelich for that, then it's got to go to Rendon. If Rendon is kind of a surge where like, they would, he would have made up the totals like, l- later on with those games, maybe. But uh, it's going to be hard 
Because they are going to look, they are going to look at everything. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be Christian Yelich still. Anyway, I think it should be Yelich. But you know how writers are about injuries, and I think the injury. No, the writers will give it to Bellinger. I know that for a fact. They're, it shouldn't go to Bellinger. It I agree. With you. I think it should go to Yelich too. But I'm just saying that. My point is, I, they they love the big markets getting stuff. It's, and give here's it to the American League MVP, and here's a surprise for you. So you, obviously, you told me if it's not Mike Trout. If it's I think not Mike Trout, Trout, Trout anyway. it should be Mike Trout by a boat ton. Don't right. call me. Don't call me an idiot. Mike <clears throat> Trout is MVP if he plays 110 games every year. That that's how big of a gap he is from everybody else. If the writers are gonna penalize Mike Trout and Christian Yelich for not playing. My MVPs are Anthony Rendon for the National League, not Cody Bellinger. Anthony Rendon led a team with far less talent. And in the American League, here's a guy that no one's talking about, Nelson freaking Cruz. Nelson Nelson Cruz Cruz has had a phenomenal year on a team that no one but me had in the playoffs. You can't do that. You can't knock a guy. Nelson Cruz will never get that award. Just for one simple reason. He's a DH. DH. I understand. Nope. Oh, no, that's not where you're going. All right, give it to me. They're never going to give it to a guy that has a steroid thing going on hanging over him. I don't – but I – that – see – this is and this 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 is a conversation. If steroid guys – listen, if if writers won't let steroid guys into the Hall of Fame – Writers also aren't going to give a steroid guy the benefit of the doubt and say he had a, a tremendous season at his, like, 38-year-old age and not have some suspicion of steroids. But the league is so much different now. He's probably getting drug tested every month. I'm sorry. But That's the steroid fine, but thing? You know what? It's fine, but you want to know what? There's all kinds of designer drugs and that thing. People didn't even know what Barry Bonds was taking for a long time. Science is a pretty crazy thing. And they're going to, I mean, listen, they're going to look at him and say he's a steroid guy. And that's fine. But, and this goes for a lot of things about Major League Baseball. You have to pick and choose. Are you going to, the steroid era in baseball is arguably the best era it's ever had, right? So you're either going to drop this steroid thing altogether, it's a black cloud that's behind you, or you're going to have to embrace it because all you're doing now is, oh, well, you were once a steroid user, so we're going to – that's ridiculous. You have to drop it at some point. And, like, that's like saying Pete Rose is banned from Major League Baseball, right? If you go to Cooperstown, he has two whole rows, floors, sorry, of stuff just about him. Just about that's him. Well, listen, that's all well and good, and I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. But you're dealing with the writers here, and what do the writers do? They, they've banned people that have had steroid pasts, right? Sure, but that shouldn't affect this season. It's going to. They're the baseball writers. They carry grudges. They're the same group of people that, that didn't let obvious Hall of Famers in on the first ballot because they didn't deal with the media very well. You're dealing with the biggest group of babies on the planet. You know, I mean... Look at think of the baseball writers as as two hundred guys that are Mike from Bayshore. <laughs> Hashtag ban the beat. Hashtag ban the beat. Right, but but the baseball. Have you seen a, a bigger collection of babies in your life than the Baseball Writers Association of America? Be honest. No, I, I haven't. But again, at some point in time, 
Major League Baseball has to uh, give some type of credentials away. Like they have sorry, to start. They, sorry, has sorry, it has nothing to do with Major League Baseball. You can you can squawk about that all you want. This is about the Baseball Writers of America. They're the ones that choose. They have nothing right. to do with Major League Baseball. But who gives baseball. the credentials on who gets a vote for the Hall of Fame? Major League Baseball. No. Yeah, but it was also the Major baseball League Baseball Writers Association of America. Right, but it was also Major League Baseball a while back. It's not this commissioner, this ownership group, whatever. It's the baseball writers that decide who gets a vote and who doesn't get a vote. Major League Baseball has nothing to do with who gets a vote. The Hall of Fame is is something that Major League Baseball participates in, but they're not the ones who own the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, well, then there's a bigger problem there than anyone else sees because Major League Baseball should own... I mean, right. that's fine, but I'm just saying Nelson Cruz is going to always have that suspicion of steroids because, I mean, let's face it, he did get a suspension for it. That's fine, and, and that's all well and good. But I will say this, too. You can't hold it against Mike Trout because I've heard this argument. Oh, well, Mike Trout's not on a winning team, so his stats don't matter. When I'm not, I'm not saying anything about Mike Trout. The, the conversation was about Nelson Cruz. No, 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 no not you, not you. It, I promise it all ties together. But I've heard people on this network say Mike Trout should not win MVP because his stats don't matter because his team doesn't win. But at the same time, you can't use stats against a losing team and diminish somebody. But then a guy that puts up almost 40 home runs, 100-something RBIs, and hits 300 and not say he should be considered for MVP. There's a double standard there, and it's just that's, it, it, it's, very, it's very lazy to me that it's even a consideration that this guy shouldn't be considered. If you're not going to give it to Trout, LeMayhew, Devers, and Nelson Cruz have to be the top three left, right? Like, that, that's where we're at with this? Yeah, I think, I think Cruz is probably fourth on the list. But it's, Over who? I don't. No, I mean, like, Trout's one. Trout, Trout's right, one. Right, okay. I, I would say LeMayhew, two, Devers, three. and Who, who, who were your three guys that you just mentioned? Uh, Devers, LeMayhew, and uh, Cruz. I mean, I just don't see Cruz because of the steroid thing. He's had a tremendous season. That's fine. And I would, and I like Rafael Devers, and I appreciate that you would, you would, you know, recognize that he has had a terrific season. But I think there was a better Red Sox this year. I think people have really overlooked Xander Bogarts. Xander, I would replace, I would replace Devers with Bogarts, maybe. That's fine. And I think Xander Bogarts is the second best defensive shortstop in baseball. So I would even say. Sorry, I think people need to stop sticking him with that moniker as well because if you look at what he's done this year, he's not just a defensive shortstop. No, no, that's not what he says. Awesome no. offensively. Yeah, I understand that. He's got, what, 30 home runs, 300-something batting average? Yeah, 31 home runs, 106. Devers has 29, he, he, 107, and he's hitting 310. So it's very close, actually, between the two. He's, he's actually one of very few players. I forgot what the stat was all time, but there, there haven't been – uh, a ton of players in the league that have ever had 30 home runs and 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 50 doubles, and he has that. And by the way, if, if Devers hits one more home run, they'll be the first teammates ever with 30 home runs and 50 doubles each. And that's fine, but I just want to clarify something real quick before we leave. I'm not saying he's just a defensive shortstop, but he's not the best defensive. Defense matters to me. It, I, I know... It doesn't matter in baseball, and you can win games with a bad defensive team and blah, 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 and the worst team in baseball and the top team in baseball are almost separated by point differences or whatever. 
I think that's a load of crap. Um, defense matters in baseball. And to be the second best shortstop defensively, and when there's clearly one that is like the best defensive shortstop we've seen since Ozzy Smith, possibly. That that that's not a knock on him. It's just that his glove is by far his strength. Now he's coming around with a bat. I've all, I've defended Alexander Bogarts. I think he's a forgotten Red Sox. And honestly, I think with Justin Pedroia stepping aside, he's kind of become the heart and soul of the team. Possibly. There's some other guys there that are really leading. I'm going to miss J.D. Martinez next year, that's for sure. Uh, I, I think you got the wrong guy. I think Mookie Betts is going, too. Uh, I don't think that that's happening whatsoever. I think so. You need pitching in the worst way, and Mookie Betts is going to get you a haul back. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Mets and Red Sox do a trade for DeGrom and Betts. Yeah, buddy, you see, here's what – I mean, this is where you went way off base. You're saying Mookie Betts is going to get us a haul back? Really? Because he'll be a free agent. So you ever heard of a sign and trade, my friend? Doesn't happen in baseball. Name name one time it ever happened. It could happen. Name one time it ever happened. It could happen. It doesn't happen because there's no benefit from Mookie Betts. There's no like there's it's not like basketball where there's a where there's like a you know a uh, what, what's the max like the, the super max right? It's it doesn't 40, happen in baseball. It's no such million. thing as a sign and trade in baseball. I would imagine losing a top three player in – well, not top three player, but top three outfielder in the game of baseball for nothing is not something the Red Sox plan on doing. Yeah, I mean, they're not planning on doing it. If J.D. Martinez opts out, there's the money to re-sign Mookie Betts. They could give him $40 million a year at that point. But then ha- isn't Bogarts up too soon? No, nope, Bogarts they already signed him Bogarts. last year. Uh, yeah, because nah. Bogarts was rumored to be traded in the off season, and they Which signed him. I said, don't do that. But actually, it's going to be one of the other outfielders that goes. It's either going to be, and I think it's going to be Benintendi, and I think they're going to keep Bradley. But I think they're going to trade Benintendi, re-sign well, Mookie. You know, I mean, they don't need a good defensive outfielder to play left field in Fenway Park. That right, exactly. And Benintendi's not awful. He's just not good. I mean, Ben Intendi's a terrific defensive outfielder. He can play any outfield position. He's traditionally a center fielder. He's tremendous defensively. It's just they don't need defense How in left field. How can you say tremendous when the guy has literally just turned around for every fly ball that he's ever had? Right, but, right but you're forgetting what the Red Sox do. The Red Sox run a rotation. So when Jackie Bradley sits, Martinez plays left field and Ben Intendi plays center. That's what they've been doing. So Ben Intendi is a tremendous defensive outfielder. There could be a team that needs a center fielder that would want Ben Intendi. He's that good. Right, but again, I don't know who's really I don't know what pitcher would be available for you guys or if you even want a pitcher back. I, mean, I would assume that like, pitching's your priority. I mean for the Yeah, pitching will be a priority, but they have you know, they have money coming off the books though. Pablo Sandoval's coming up. Uh, Rick Porcello's <laughs> contract Pablo Sandoval is over. in San Francisco again. Yeah, but the Red Sox are still paying him. Oh my god. No, yeah, they were still paying him, but that's over at the end of this year. Pablo Sandoval's Rusney Castillo's contract when they got him from Cuba, that's over. Right? Um there's a couple of other ones that they were paying that, that will be over as well. But um Porcello comes off the books. Porcello will be a free agent. He was eating up $20 million a year. Martinez was eating up $20 million a year. So they're going to be able to 
sign other pitchers with the money that, that they've got. You know, they still have Andrew Kashner there, who they'll have under contract for another year, so he'll be in the rotation. Erod will be in the rotation. The problem is they got to f- figure out a way to trade either Chris Sale or David Price. they got to get look, rid of one of those contracts. Yeah, that's going to be hard, just because I think you're going to really get Sale on the low after this year. Right, that's going to stink. They're going to have to, you know, find a way to get rid of one of those guys. But they're going to re-sign Mookie Betts. Don't worry, they're not letting him go. I mean, I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> Isn't Ben Intendi the Yankee killer? <laughs> they're both Yankees. I mean, not really. Benintendi was terrible against the Yankees this year. Oh, he was? Okay. I wasn't sure. You guys are basing that Yankee killer myth off of, like, his rookie year. He played, you know, halfway decent against the Yankees and had a couple of big hits. They went, oh, he's a Yankee killer. Oh. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if you wanted to talk about killing the Yankees, why why does everyone point to Benintendi when it was Devers that turned around Chapman's stupid fastball and, and opposite field homer Chapman. Yeah, that's true. What you know? That? What was that, his, like, sixth career game or something like that? Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, he was barely in the major leagues at that point. But, you know, Red Sox season's over. I'm done, I don't really want to talk about it. They'll, they'll figure it out. I'm just happy that the Yankees stink. Their fans deserve nothing. Dang. <laughs> You're the one lowballing them anyway. How am I lowballing? You said they're guaranteed to be out in the first round. Because our manager's a moron. <laughs> I mean, that's just a Yankee fan telling it how he feels, right? At least he's not a homer sitting there going, oh my God, they're going to win everything because they're the Yankees. Like, those people suck. You mean like everybody else on the network? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, Mike Guido and Anthony Carragher could have sat here and told me for weeks that we're winning a World Series. I don't think if the Yankees and Mets played the World Series, I would pick the Mets. I mean, the worst one is that, that guy, Errol. That guy, Errol, hashtag ban Errol. Wow. He's a homer and a half. He's such a homer. He was picking the Jets against the Browns, even after he knew Sam Darnold wasn't going to be there and all that. He's got zero perspective on on New York sports because it's just time after time it's New York is better than everyone and they're not No, but he also said too that if he it, the same thing Tyler said if, if the Mets and Yankees were both in the playoffs he actually did trust the Mets to go very far. I mean, Yankees stink big time. Well, I, I don't I, I don't trust the Yankees with anything, honestly. I I don't trust them right now either to be honest with you and it's a shame because we have one, and, and here's, really the, here's really the problem with the Yankee lineup, right? Outside of D.J. LeMahieu, name a guy that can make contact at any time with any pitch and hit the ball the opposite way. But it's not, even, it's not even that for me, and I realize yeah. Cashman has been a good GM. I'm not trying to, like, take shots at Cashman and do all that kind of stuff. I but, think but you can the, take a, pro- a shot at Brian Cashman, though. Listen, but the two needs... The two needs that the that the Yankees had in the offseason was starting pitching yes. and finding a left-handed bat, right? Those were the two needs well, that they had, right? Because they had everything else. They have right-handed bats. Oh, but we and had Greg have, Bird. And, <laughs> what's that? We have Greg Bird. 
No, 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 no. You need an actual left-handed hitter. Come no, on. No, you no, know better. No, I, no, not at all. That was sarcasm because I've been saying Greg Bird should be traded for a Rosen bag now for about a year and a half. I, right. I think Tyler Austin should have been our first baseman, but what, what the hell do I know? We have Mike right. Ford now. Right, but this is what I'm saying. The, the two needs for the Yankees in the offseason were starting pitching and a left-handed bat because essentially right. you went into the season just with D.D. Gregorius as like your left-handed bat. And what did they do? When it came time to make a deal, they didn't go and get any pitching. And their, big, and their big acquisition this year for the Yankees was what? Edwin Encarnacion. Did they need another right-handed power hitter? No. No. Nope. Nope. So it's baffling that, like, you know, I mean, why would they make that move? Because we got James Paxton in the offseason, and he's all we need. Yeah, and Paxton is coming on. He wasn't good early, but he, he's he was definitely awesome coming early. on. But but Paxton but Paxton isn't the be-all, end-all, to you know, as, as a solution. He's just not. Nope. I think when you look at the starting pitchers that got traded during the trade deadline, any of them. The, Any the of Yankees them. should have been in on somebody. Right, exactly. Even Mike Miner, a left-handed pitcher from Texas, the, the trade for him would have been so minuscule, even if he sucked it up, wouldn't have mattered at all. You know why? You gave up nothing for him. You would have gave up a freaking bat boy. That's all you would have done. You wouldn't have lost anything. And here's the other thing. The Yankees are so worried about not giving away a top prospect they're going to lose prospects in the five-rule draft. They're going to lose them in free agency. They're not going to keep all these guys. You can only keep 40 guys on a roster a year. What, where are you keeping all these kids? I don't understand. Tyro Estrada, good luck. Good luck. You better trade him soon. Uh, who's another young kid they love? Tyler Wade. They moved him around so much, a team's going to give him a chance, regardless how bad his bat is. Look at Dansby Swanson. Um, Swanson's hitting this year. Yeah, this year. But how many Arizona gave up on him, and Atlanta got awfully close. There were reports. That trade that, was so stupid for the Diamondbacks. Well, it worked for one team, and it didn't work for the other. Uh, Kettle Marte, Seattle gave up on him, sent him to Arizona because he couldn't hit, and now he's hitting. A bat will I mean, come around eventually. Here's the other thing: who's who are they going? What's their outfield going to be? Obviously, Judge is there. Obviously, Stan, you know someone's going to be their DH or whatever. You know, and they got Aaron Hicks long term. But what are they going to do with Clint Frazier? Either trade Clint Frazier and let him go and play somewhere, or just make him your everyday left fielder. Well, here's the thing: Stanton should play every day in left field. Stanton is a very good defensive outfielder. That Yankee, you know why Yankee fans right, don't know could, that though? Right, Aaron have, Boone's too you, dumb to know that. Right, but you could have those four guys and just do a rotation depending on who needs a day right. off. Brett right? Gardner's but, probably know, not going to come back after this year. I mean, I don't think the dugout could take it anymore. He's been smashing bats against dugouts all year. I think I, I I disagree. I think that if he wanted to come back, he should come back. I just think he's tired. If he he is he is literally the last Yankee left. CC's done after this year. And I think he's the voice in the clubhouse. Aaron Judge is not a leader. All right. You know the the other thing that they should do is um, they should trade uh, Andujar. Right? Now just, here's just, the, wait, just let hold Gio on. or Shella play third base. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Now. Now that's the dumb. That's a Boston Red Sox fan for you. Why would the no? Yankees... I think Urshela was terrific. Right. But here's the thing. Gio Urshela is no better than a. Jerry Urshela was not going to play this year at all. He's if actually somebody. Your Shella could be somebody you could actually sell high right now. Right, your Shella could go 
I don't know, go back to Cleveland, get like, I don't know, Carlos Carrasco. I don't know. But here's the thing. Miguel Andujar, when you look at pure hitting ability, all right, don't give me stats. I don't want to hear about stats. When you look at contact hitting and who is the best, DJ LeMay, who's the best contact hitter they have, then it's Andujar. That's literally it. Everyone else is a home run or strikeout. You have to have somebody else on the team that can make contact with any pitch. Yeah, I know you said Glaber. I say I will say Glaber. Glaber, Glaber strikes out an awful lot, though. Right, but he has range in the strike zone, though. It's not right, like he's but a pull just hitter. Everyone has range in the strike zone. That's what does that mean? That means you could use the entire strike zone. Right, but that's every major league hitter, Speedy. Glaber strikes out not way every, too no, much to be considered a contact hitter. hitter. Not every major league hitter has it. Then they would never shift. <laughs> The ship, they shift righties now. I know that. I'm just saying. So clearly, would. it's not. Clearly, most right. major clearly, leaguers cannot but do. But clearly, it. if you're pulling the ball like that and trying to pull the ball like that all the time, you're going to miss the outside pitches, and not every hitter I is mean, like I, that. I, I only say trade Andujar for like, you know, for financial reasons, and let Urshela play because you know here's the thing: Urshela is not going to command a contract that that. And Duhar eventually will. I realize they have control over him for a little while and stuff. But by the time he's ready for a contract, you will you still have Aaron Judge and you'll still have Stanton and you'll still have Gliber Torres and all these guys under contract. Whereas if you just kept Urshela and let him play third base, he'd be a reasonable contract that does a good job at third base, and you'd Here's be able to you'd be able to get back something really really great for Ian Duhar. I mean, sure. he's, he's a valuable piece, and you'd be able to get a top of the line starter for Ian Duhar. Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. But here's the one flaw: you're not they don't need a third baseman. They have a third baseman. In who? Gary Sanchez is going to catch. They love Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt, I, I, Luke Voigt proved me wrong. Luke Voigt is going to be the starting first baseman for the next couple of years. Glaber's no, going to be at second. third baseman. I know. Glaber's at second. DD's at short, and DJ Mayhew's at third. Then fine. Then I don't. Right. Okay. Fine. I don't care if it's not Arshella, right? But they may have to pay DJ Mayhew a, a bigger salary than Arshella, right? Well, they got him next it, year for nothing, so that's fine. Right, but all I'm saying is it's just like with the Red Sox, right? They're going to have to figure out who they're going to pay and who they're not going to pay and things like that. You have to have a couple of reasonable contracts on, on your team, and I think Urshela could be that guy. I think he could be a fairly cheap player that fits into that lineup and can hit yeah, well absolutely. enough. Absolutely. You know who i trade, though? Aaron Hicks. I would trade Aaron Hicks immediately. His strength is I mean, still he's probably got a ton strength. of value. He's on a very reasonable contract. He's a pretty decent player, and, and you'd probably get something halfway decent for him. Right. But you're not going to get a top-of-the-line starter for Aaron Hicks. No, not at you all. Could get it for, you could get it for Ian Duhar. Thank you, Jeff, because I've been trying to bring this up now for weeks. The front-of-the-line starter for the New York Yankees, there's going to be two of them on the market. They just have to sign them both. Mad Bum is going to be your playoff lefty that you're going to bring in to replace CC, and Steven Strasburg is going to be your number one ace. That's who the right, New York Yankees have right, to go get. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me ask what I feel is a legitimate question then. Yeah. Do you really feel that those two guys are top-of-the-line starters considering Mad Bum's having a terrible year, everyone's lighting him up, and Steven Strasburg has a, has a crazy injury history with his arm? You'd be basically getting a, you know, a lottery ticket with him. Well, here's the thing about Steven Strasburg. I'm going to answer your question as honestly as I can because I, I'm not a homer at all. So here's what I want to bring up. 
Mad Bum is not having an awful year, by the way. I don't know what you're talking about. But, so let me just bring up Mad Bum first. You're not, the New York Yankees, and this is why the James Paxton thing made no sense to me. You're not making trades to be better in the regular season. So getting guys like James Paxton or who else did they bring? Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, they're great if you're a team trying to get over the hump and make the play. No, that's not what you're doing. You're trying to make a World Series run. You have been the perennial favorites now two years in a row to go to the World Series. And last year you came up dramatically short. You got blown out by the Red Sox, which should have been slapping the face enough. And now this year, the Houston Astros said, all right, you're not going to go upgrade your pitching staff? Hey, Zach Greinke, yeah, just come here, boy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take you. Yeah, 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 come here. We're going to make you win a World Series. Sit down. Houston laughed at us. Houston was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll, all right, fine. We'll do it. So now what you're doing is you're letting other teams do the move. So Madison Bumgarner is going to have a phenomenal year. And so in 195, 195.2 innings pitch, he's 9-8 because the San Francisco Giants suck. His ERA is 3.73. Better than James Paxton's, and everyone's just it's looking at a little at down for him, but it's still fine. Right. But, again, big ballpark, bad defensive team, tough division. You got Colorado, the Dodgers, and the Padres, what, 40 times a year? All right. And then he's got 187 strikeouts and 39 walks. Well, let me, let me ask you this about, about that ERA. And I get that he plays in a big ballpark, but NL hitters aren't what AL hitters are. No, they're not. But, uh, again, I'm glad you brought that up. New York Yankees – I'm sorry. Yankee Stadium. I don't know why I said their whole name just now. Yankee Stadium is a ballpark that if you hit it to right field, it's out. But Madison Bumgarner is a pitcher that the Yankees have not had since Andy Pettit retired. A pitcher's pitcher. Madison Bumgarner is going to throw the smart pitch in the smart location. He's not worried about strikeouts. He's going to go for the ground ball. He's going to go for the pop-up. He's not worried about stats that way. I'm not really concerned about it. And, again, he's the best postseason pitcher in baseball. That's what he is. Yeah, that's great. you got James Paxton, who's a 200-strikeout guy, and his ERA is a high four. That's fine. He's never pitched 200 innings in his career, and he, you don't know what he is in October at all. So you, all you could have done is got another J.A. hat. Who, by the way, I said, ah, Jay Happ, is he really an upgrade? Ah, yeah, we got him for a whole year. Okay, but nah, I don't see it. He's 36 years old. Tough to face things in uh, small samples. And he got killed this year. CC Sabathia pitched better all year than he did. And Yankee fans still swear it's a good thing. I, I'm confused. I'm a little lost. But again. And to Steven Strasburg's credit, Steven Strasburg has been consistent when he's on the mound. He's a top ten pitcher if he's healthy. Yeah, is it a gamble? It is. But you know what? Honestly, at this point, the Yankees need to make that big gamble to get somewhere. Houston did it with Granke. The Red Sox did it a few years ago with uh, Havaldi and Sale. And that hasn't really paid off. It paid off for, for, for two months. It paid off. Havaldi's been hurt all year. Well, right, but you won a World Series with it, and... Honestly, if I told you right now, 
you'd win a World Series if you traded for so-and-so in six months. Would you do it again? You're damn right you'd do it again because that's what it is. It's about winning a World Series, and you did it for that. So saying it didn't work out doesn't make sense to me. But, again, I guess, you know, in hindsight, it burned you, sure. But the David Price contract burned you long before that. Big moves have to be made to win a World Series. That's why, and I mean, this is why the Dodgers are scared people. The Dodgers are just home-growing talent now. They have a young core going on down there. Bellinger, Smith, and um, who's the shortstop they call them? Seager. Oh, no. oh, Gavin Lux. Lux. Yeah. Corey Seager might get traded. They love Gavin Lux, and I'm not kidding. Gavin Lux might be their full-time shortstop next year. Seager might be at second. He might be gone. Who the hell knows? He might even move to third. Justin Turner might get traded. They're going to go young, and that should scare the crap out of baseball because if they get young and they stay where they're at, they're going to be the NL favorites for the next 10 years. I think the guy that might move on from is Jock Peterson. Yeah. That, him too. And he would – I love him. I would love the Yankees to go get him. But, again, the haul for him might be a little higher just because they're the Yankees. Yeah, but he's another – besides this year, he's been another – home run or strikeout guy. No, I get that, but he's a lefty at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees need another lefty bat, and he's a solid defensive outfielder. Oh, he's a good defensive outfielder. Either way, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to win the World Series yet again this year, right? Even if the Red Sox don't win the World Series, my World Series is seeing the Yankees not win. It's so beautiful. You know, it, it scares me to hear you say that, but I really think you're right. I, I don't see the Yankees winning a World Series this year. I don't think they went out and made the big move. They were, you know, I mean, Cashman just didn't make the bold moves that he needed to make. Right, Dude, and that's why Mad Bum and Strasburger it. Look at, look at what Houston got, right? And everyone's like, oh, they got Grinky. The big thing was on Grinky at the trade deadline, right? But the Astros also went and got deep. Because everyone's overlooking the trade that they made for Aaron Sanchez and um, who was the reliever that came from t- uh, Toronto, too? Uh, Jordan Bagnini or something like that? Yeah, yeah Bagnini. Bagnini. Yeah. Right? The Astros went and got deep. They improved their bullpen tremendously with that move and their starting rotation. Right? right? If they have a guy flame out, you throw Aaron Sanchez right in there. Right, That's and here's scary. the thing about Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez is going to come out of the bullpen playoffs. You're not going to see him pitch in the postseason. Out of the starting yeah, but you might That's see fine. him in that, in that Lance McCullers role like sure. you saw two years ago. He might be an right. opener, but he's not going to – he's going to right. be primar- primarily in the bullpen. Right, that's fine, however you want to see it, right? But the, the Astros just took a weakness of theirs, which was the bullpen, and turned it into a strength with that trade. Yeah, and that's what I've been saying. The Astros, to me, have no flaws. They have none. Oh, by the way, I think they're the best defensive team in baseball, too. They're fantastic. Guerriel can play six positions. Altuve's Altuve. Correa's Correa. Bregman is a phenomenal third baseman, too. And then you got George Springer, who might be one of the best defense. He definitely is one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. Yeah, Josh Reddick's a little bit of a eh, but whatever. You can't have gold glovers everywhere. They've got eight guys that can go out there and win gold gloves. It's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I'm with it. I'm, I'm with the Astros this year. I hope the Astros beat the Dodgers again so we can call the Dodgers the Buffalo Bills of baseball. I said that last year, too. Yeah, here's the thing, though. I don't know 
it looks it, it I don't think the Dodgers are going to go. I don't. I could see it. I they're the see best it. team in the National. No, they absolutely they, they are. Absolutely they are. Have, I'm not doubting that. I think that. they're the deepest team. They've been the deepest team in baseball for a long time. I could see a very Tampa Bay Lightning thing happen with the Dodgers, though, because they have all these expectations now. All the pressures on. Why them. you got to knock Tampa Bay, man? Why do you Why do you got to do that, Speedy? That's well, sucks, bro. all right, fine. Tampa Bay's what, beating the Dodgers right now, four to three. What's the? Oh, that's funny. What's the comparison you want to make? There's really no drastic upset like we've seen like that in a while. I mean, don't do that to Tampa, bro. That sucks that you did that. Wait, can I ask you one hockey question, Jeff, before you leave? Sure. Do you think it's fair? Who, who did, did I have this conversation on air about uh, who the name the top five hockey players? Who was the player that was being questioned? I think we did. I think I we were talking. You were talking about like Ovechkin and things like that. And Ovechkin, like, Crosby. So you don't think Nikita Kucherov is one of the best players in hockey? Did I ask you he, this? He is, but he's not a top five player in the NHL. Uh, I'm trying to think of who we were questioning. I think it was. I think it was Errol. I don't think it was Jeff. I'm trying to think of who no. We did that. We did this as well because I'd have, I'd have, and listen. Who knows what what the injury is and when he's coming back or what the thing is. I think you have to have Connor McDavid in that in the in the top yeah. five, right? No, I do. Crosby, McDavid, Ovechkin. I think Kane. that you have to have Patrick Kane in the top five. Yes. He's a, a tremendous player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So for me, it would be Nathan McKinnon's up there too. He might not be in the top five, but he's in the yeah, top Yeah, he's not a top five guy. I think that you'd have to have maybe Ovechkin and Crosby ahead of him. Yeah, No, I do. Patrick, Patrick Kane ahead of him. Yep, they're my five. They're my four, I'm sorry. And then I, I mean, would have I Kucherov. Would, I, yeah, I, I don't think it is Kucherov. If you, sick, like, uh, Kucherov puts up gaudy numbers, but you have to go and look at the line he's on. Braden Point is a... Is a thirty goal a, a year scorer and um, crap? Who's the other side of his line? Stamkos. Um, no, Stamkos is a different center. Points a center. Is it Kalorin on the other side of that line? Or? No, Kalorin's a, Kalorin was a fourth liner with uh, with Adam Ernie, who they just uh, traded. Jordan and Andre uh, Palat. Uh, Jordan. Um, oh, what the hell's that kid's name? Gordon. Yanni Gordon? Gord. Yeah. Yeah, Gord. Yanni Gord. Yeah, I mean, but look at that. Yeah, and Yanni Goy. And listen, you can say maybe those other guys were scorers because Kalorn was out there, but that line is just ridiculous. He's just a product of playing with other scorers because when he's out there by himself, he's a he's a European who's easy to push off the puck like most Europeans are, and, and that's just what it is. I'm trying to think of the player that had a question. Was he talking about Tavares? I'd give, I'd give you a controversial one that I think is is completely – I'll give you two guys that I think are completely underrated that get no credit that are a I lot bet you better I than agree the crappy with them both. team. What's that? I bet you I agree with them both. I'll give you Sebastian Ajo. Yes, love Sebastian Ajo. How much, how much mm-hmm. do we praise Sebastian Ajo yeah. on this show? And I'd give you Jack Eichel. Yep, I also would say Jack Eichel, and I don't even think he's the biggest saber that gets disrespected. I mean, Rostolian's a phenomenal at, defenseman in his own right. I mean, I get it, but look at what Eichel and Sebastian Ajo do. Taravainen too like, gets a little disrespect. Uh, I Johnny Hubs in but, Florida. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying. Johnny on all Hockey of these guys. in Calgary. I hear what you're saying on all of these guys, right? Like I hear what you're saying on all these guys, but most of these guys are doing it without help, like 
do Braden Point is a tremendous player. Braden no, sure, Point's sure, awesome. absolutely. I, I understand that. I get so that. when you have Gord and Braden but Point, Connor McDavid plays with Drysaddle. You don't think that no, helps Connor McDavid? No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Drysaddle moves the right wing. Drysaddle plays with him sometimes, but he's mostly the second center. Ah, uh, he played a lot of right wing last year. With Connor McDavid. Yes, he, they switched off. I'm not saying he never played with him. I'm just saying he mostly didn't. I think it was I mean, mostly. I, I just think that center. there are so many guys that do just as much with a whole lot less around him. I wouldn't have Kucherov in that. I wouldn't. I mean, and I love Tampa. I love what Tampa does, dude. They're the New York Rangers the, of the South. <laughs> buddy, I'm telling you, you have to. Oh, there's a guy. There's a guy that I'd have a million miles ahead of of Kucherov. Give me Artemi Panarin. Yeah, but I don't want to be a homer and put him that high, just because uh, he's, he's I would. close to ten. Sure, he's definitely around the top ten, but I don't. I don't know if he's there yet. I'd put Panarin in the top five, probably. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. I just don't want to be the one to do it. <laughs> Listen, Tampa is, Tampa is a team that's really good because they're four lines deep. And they're really – I mean, look, Andre, Andre Palat is, is on their fourth line. Yeah, and he's he might be a 20-goal scorer in his own right. He is, though. He is. And listen – Cam Atkinson's underrated. Dude, the the Lightning's main problem, and this is and this is why I Tyler don't like Seagan's the way Tampa's built. Even though if you come down to this building, it's amazing. You know, the energy in the building is terrific, and the fans are really terrific here Except in Tampa, in and all of that kind of stuff. But here's why I don't like the way Tampa is built: too many Europeans. Yeah, I too get many, that, too, but that's why many. they got Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan is the tough guy. Who's gone? He's not there anymore, but okay. Well, that's why they brought him in. You know what I meant. Wait, but one North American guy or two... Where is he now, by the way? I don't think he's doesn't, picked up. Listen, when the playoffs start, the hitting gets hard, man. And Europeans are not hitters. They're not. Well, yeah, the Lightning have lacked intensity. I think that's something that's hurt them for a while, too, though. No, they're la- they lack physicality. Not intensity, not scoring, not any of that. They lack physicality. They were kind of... They, Passive, though, in comparison to what they we've normally seen them in. Oh, buddy, go and look at. Buddy, oh, go, go and look at. Go and go back and watch those four games against Columbus, and watch how hard Columbus hit Tampa and bullied them around. Well, Columbus is a very Europe- physical team. They've been that way for a while. Right, but Europeans listen. When Europeans can, to, kids grow up, they don't play on NHL rinks. NHL rinks are smaller. It's made for North to, Americans. It's made for the hitting. The I, European rinks are Olympic sized rinks. They're much bigger. The game is much less physical. Yes, no, he's right. The European players are just not as. I mean, there's a reason they're not hitters. Playing in Finland, they're not hitters. Name 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 me one European besides Ovechkin that can hit. Um, does Finland count? That's Europe. Kako. Who? We don't know that yet. Well, Kako is supposedly a hitter. We'll find out. You don't know that yet. He hasn't played a single game in the NHL. That's ridiculous. Stop doing that. I'm just saying that's what the reports are. The guy can hit. That's what I've read. Awesome. Awesome. A guy that has played exactly zero NHL games is the guy that you're looking to... To, to to say that he's a hitter. Name me a European that's a hitter. I'm trying to think of a defenseman from the. Or European name side. me a European that can take a hit. Uh, Steven Stamkos can take a pretty good. He's Canadian. Good, awesome. He's from Canada. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Jeff, 
not to be completely rude, but we are really over, and I really, really must go. For yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over this whole thing as well. Hashtag ban the beef, and, and for that oh, matter, hey, hashtag oh, ban oh, Ellen. Oh, oh. You're, you're not over nothing, pal. Don't, don't insult oh. me like that before you leave. Man. You said Man. there should be two of me before. Yeah, I was obviously kidding. No one wants two. No one wants one of you, let alone two of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, that's a deflator. All right, go ahead. You know? go, on your, go on your rant to end the show. I mean, hashtag ban, for that, hashtag ban the beef, and we also need hashtag ban Arrow. His idiotic Jets take that the Jets were going to beat Cleveland was completely stupid. I wish I could have recorded the phone call the other night when he called me. I mean, seriously, guys, it was gold. Absolutely uh, gold. Bruce Bochy has gotten win number 2,000. Hey. Even though I still think he should have retired at 1995 and 2019. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> Who? Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy got his 2,000th win. Against the Red Sox? I believe Big it's 11 deal. Two. Big deal. Uh, Who cares about Bruce Bochy? Uh, Who cares Giants. about the Red Sox? They stink this year, too. Yeah, you what guys a disappointment. Yeah, you guys let me down pretty good. What you down? I mean, the Red Sox are more disappointing than I, listening I to Errol on the radio. Oh. I had the Red Sox in the playoffs. Anyways, you guys go enjoy your night. Hashtag Dan the Beef, he sucks. <laughs> and that is Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he is right, though. I'm looking at the hit numbers for forwards. The first European is Zemgus Gergensen's number 42. Yeah, but that guy hits a lot. He does. Well, under he, like might, he might even have led the league in hitting last year. Yep, but that's the first European player, not an American or Canadian player. That is yeah, but he's the first the total. guy on the list. I know. I'm just saying. Among forwards, he's right. But what I'm saying is, if the first guy is European, and Jeff said no Europeans hit, he led the league in hitting. I I forgot he even forty-two in hitting, forty-second in the league. He had two hundred something hits. He had one hundred forty-four. The guy who led the league in hits was Ryan Reeves at three hundred five. Uh, your guy, Brandon Tanev, was third, 278. Why is he my guy? I thought you liked him. Didn't you like him? I do like Tanev. I, I think I was. I don't know. Maybe it was Mikey C. I don't remember, but one of you did. I thought it was you, but yeah, there were I'm from Vancouver. Yeah, that's right. Winnipeg. I do like Tanev. Winnipeg. All right. Speed. But yeah, there weren't, there wasn't no. anyone until. No, 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 we can't do this. We, we need to, we're, we need to end this now. I hear Arl's hair dropping from here. <laughs> Speedy. <hair> dropping. <laughs> we're in the end game now. Um, I love you 3000. I will not be here the rest of the week since I, I didn't plan on doing this. Um, Eight-year anniversary is tomorrow. Um, yes, I know. Um, yes. Um, yeah, it's lovely and cute. Yes. Um, Girlfriend's more important than sports. Not by a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, she's more important than sports. Got to go away. Um, you have uh, an nice hour weekend. and eight minutes before your anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> to get any last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Out. I know. I'm trying, but um, I'm surprised she's not mad. I'm still here. So um, yeah, that's that. I will be back on Tuesday. A uh, whole week without me. Listen to my picks. Don't listen to any other show on this network about picks. 
Um, Tuesday, we'll get to Speedy's Playhouse, so that Wednesday, he can do a new one. <laughs> Sorry, Speedy. We should just realize by now, Wednesday's Speedy Playhouse won't work anymore. Oh, by the way, I do I do have bad news. Your least favorite person made, made a uh, playhouse. <laughs> Your least favorite baseball figure right now made the playhouse. What the hell would that be? Your... Your manager, you call a moron. <laughs> Aaron Boone? <laughs> he was linked to the playhouse, yes. <laughs> Tell them where they can find us, moron. <laughs> you can find Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Jeff for calling in, obviously. And uh, Speedy, say your goodbye. Thanks for listening. Happy anniversary to you. Thank you. And for all the listeners out there, have a glorious night. Again, I love you very much. Uh, so hopefully this weekend will mean a lot um we will be back on tuesday i want to apologize because i know everyone was thrilled that i'm taking off this long so (laughs) we will be back um tuesday uh again the playhouse and uh, there's going to be so much to cover on tuesday so i'm actually kind of excited to come back tuesday and uh we'll be back on tuesday uh so have a wonderful couple of days and uh, we will see you when I get back on Tuesday and that's going to be a very 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 long time uh, not really I probably won't miss you guys at all but uh, in the off chance uh, football on Sunday hockey we're going to talk about hockey soon because no other buddy on this network does <laughs> and um, yeah it's going to be a fun couple of weeks here on the home stretch and uh, see ya it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.